Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm somebody who, after my reaction to the first Tribal Council in this episode, has to identify as an Aubrey hater. I'm Dan. What's up? <laughs> uh, today, we're covering the what the, I guess they're going to call is just episode five, but it's really episode five and six of Survivor Edge of Extinction. It's like the worst cocktail party ever. And boy, was it. It was. It, I actually think this is a pretty good cocktail party. Like, um... I think this is this is I think ep- at least episode five, uh, by far the best episode of the season. I think no contest. Uh, I think it was really well done. I, the editing was pretty solid for the. Uh, there's some obvious problems, but uh, it was like a good entertaining episode of television. Um, then the second half I have a lot of problems with, but it was still fine. Um, you know what? There's worse cocktail parties. Yeah. I think I'm saying that specifically in regard to another live tribal, which never great, but these episodes actually like took time to go to each tribe and say, here's what's happening in terms of strategy on each. Um, Yeah. So I really appreciated that. I felt like I was finally getting to know where people were truly standing and what their game plan was from here on out. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think it did a really good job balancing like the stories of each tribe. And just sort of the dynamics, which makes me assume that these are actually going to be important come the merge. Like, I think we are going to have the stories reflected now actually kind of match up again, because they did remind us of all of them again, which they totally mm-hmm. didn't have to do. Um, so that's that's good to know. I think it gives us a little bit of more, um, like, a wall to scratch on uh, in terms of, like, what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess you mentioned that uh, I think we've. I guess we'll start with episode six, the second half, uh, and kind of work our way back. So obviously, uh, we end up getting a hashtag game changers tribal council. Um, it's announced, uh, and for me, I immediately I'm like I roll my eyes because I thought the one in uh, game changers was like insufferable, but more than that, it's it's a little different with returning players because at least these people know each other. Um, but I think when you're throwing in just new and old, like new and some, like for the most part, new players into this thing where they don't get to talk at all beforehand, uh, mm-hmm. they've never met. I, I don't think this, what we saw in that second half was Survivor. Yeah, it just, it felt weird and like, I guess it almost feels so much like live, like it's how when you play a game online, you're recreating it so much faster. Like, that's what that tribal felt like with, like, Eric talking to people really quickly and Wardog and all them. It just, it's not, it's not what Survivor is. Like, I'll go to it for, like, a quick fix if I want to play, but, like, there's something in the, like, three-day cycle of Survivor rounds that makes it different and better, I think. Even if it isn't three days, you know what I mean? Like, even, like, I think you throw them on a beach, like, say you throw them all on a beach, uh, you have eight hours or whatever, or, like, even 45 minutes to just talk or whatever, like, that's fine for me. I don't really like the, all of a sudden you're just at tribal vote, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. like, like, we literally saw Eric walk up to, I think it was David and Wentworth, and they're like, we don't know who you are. Yeah. 
he's going to somebody, and I think that's even a bigger problem in this tribal, is there is an imbalance. Eric goes to them being like, hey, Wentworth and David, I know you're loyal, trust people. And they're like, we don't know who you are. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a clear imbalance. It just isn't that fun to watch. Um, I don't know about you, but I, for one, never want to see just like a hundred people whispering at each other because I'm like, this is stuff that could, like people whisper to each other at camp. It gets cut because it's not captivating to watch. Like, yeah, it's like the reason we like from immunity challenge to the tribal is because we get to see people thinking through plans. And yes, it's ambiguous because we don't know which plan they're going to take, but we still get to see options. With this, it's, I know this person whispered to this other person, but I have no idea what they said or what they even could have said. Yeah. So it's not, it was exciting the first time it happened, but it's, it's tiring now. Like, I don't like it. And I think, yeah, they just really need to, if they're going to do this, like do it right. Like do it right after a swap when you know the tribes are going to be equal. Like luckily it worked out this time, but. Yeah, could have not. Um, and yeah, give them like just send them back to the same beach, and have it them... really isn't that hard. Even just have them stay at the challenge. Any like if it like going back to the beach is too much of a problem or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I don't see the point at all. Um, and I think it shows a kind of misunderstanding of what people enjoy because I don't want to get the point. Like I don't want to misconstrue this point. I like when people get up and whisper and talk at tribal. If there's, like, an intention behind it, I think a great example is episode two of Millennials vs. Gen X. Uh, we have, I think, actually, the first time we see someone, like, I, I, my one of my favorites of all time, maybe ruin Survivor for the next couple seasons, but Michelle whispers in Hannah's ear, flip your vote to uh, Mari, just trust me. Mm-hmm. That's really captivating. We know what she's saying. It's a clear goal, and it's a last. we get to see the insane last-minuteness of it. That adds to a captivating moment where it's like, wow, Hannah gets flipped at Tribal Council. How captivating. Alec, last season, like, same thing. It's, there is a captivation if it is, like, we see what's happening. We know that it's somebody who is undecided, who is trying to make a last-minute play. Like, that works, I think, uh, every now and then. I think that really works. This is a w- awful way to force that. And then these people actually have nothing to talk about because they don't know each other. And mm-hmm. then, like, like the idea in theory is like, oh, you're going to get these last-minute flips and craziness, but David and Eric don't know each other, and Survivor prides itself on being a social game. Social game don't work if they don't know each other. Yeah. And I think add to all of that, it was just, like, the biggest tease ever. Like, we get Manu being like, yeah, we're ready to go to rocks, but then we see individual people be like, but I'll flip. And then Lesu does the same thing. And mm-hmm. then at the actual thing, it's they do tie the vote, but then they're just like, yeah, we're going to flip because it's yeah. stupid. And so, <laughs> like, now you watch, like, you to like rewatch that episode, I found it insufferable. Yeah. After the immunity challenge, it's literally just people either saying, I would go to rocks or I would not go to rocks. It didn't go to rocks. So. Yeah. Um, it just, like, so there's no story from this episode, because it all gets sucked away to this stupid tribal council that, like, if, literally, if there was just no content, like, if, like, like, if literally it was just challenge and then the vote, 
I think every single person sitting at home would call what the vote was. Four, four, on, four votes on Wendy, four on someone else, probably Lauren. Mm-hmm. Like, and we wasted like 25 minutes or whatever. Um, I just don't don't like the way that this is heading. I hate that like these. Uh, I, I'm a big professional wrestling fan, and this is like this is like the insulting the uh, hometown sports teams of like cheap excitement. You know what I mean? Like you show up, like you show up to the venue, and you're like, "Oh, the uh, uh, New York Rangers suck," and you're standing in New York. Like it, it's the cheap way to make people feel like they're getting excited and involved. This is the cheap way to get people to whisper and have crazy last-minute flips in quotation marks, but nothing actually happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it annoys me. Every other, every, everyone else seems to love it, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're just old, uh, old people yelling on our uh, <laughs> front porch, but... I remember when Survivor was actually about surviving. Mm-hmm. Good thing yeah, I had a distinction back. There's only one there. fishing scene in this episode. Yeah, good thing I have Edge of Extinction. That's all about survival. Oh, wait. Exactly. Oh, no. oh, we no. complained about that, too. I, I don't know. <laughs> We're clearly the problem. But um, <laughs> that said, I do think at least, we, like, at the very least, we got to see, if you're going to, like, if you're going to be fair, at least you get to see sort of game philosophy of some people. So, like, we get to see Gavin is somebody who's going to be loyal. He says that in confessional. Uh, we on the flip side we get to see Victoria saying I'm never gonna be loyal, which I honestly like. Victoria alone made this episode watchable um, for mm-hmm. that confessional because that was a fire, incredible confessional. Yeah, I really appreciated what we saw of Victoria. Like it'll be interesting to discuss later, but just like actual like game philosophy from her was really interesting. Yes, so. like. I don't know about you, but like for the past couple of weeks and like preseason, even I was like, I think Victoria has a like has a potential to be one of my all time favorites. Um, and I would say this episode just reaffirmed that like this is everything I want out of a player. Um, like everything she does, every time she's on screen, I'm smiling or laughing or being like, yes, you did that. Like she's just so captivating. Uh, and I think the edits really backing her up in a good way. I think it's one of the best parts of the season is like. We get to see who she is and how she thinks, um, and they actually edit things in a pretty creative ways at times to show how cool she is. And I think that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's that's the second half. I mean, other than that, it was just dominated by Joe being good at challenges or whatever. Which, whatever. Um, <laughs> like, which he has to be because their attorneys are so disadvantaged. Like, <sighs> I wanted to like light myself on fire. Like. <laughs> Uh, like, they're really trying to sell that it's so hard. It's like, it's so hard being a millionaire. I have to pay so much in taxes. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Um. But yeah, first half, I thought it was really interesting how after the immunity challenge, the entire Manu scene was just Aubrey. Yeah. And then she goes home. Like, that's a weird interesting choice yeah i'm sure we're going to talk about that a lot but i do think it's kind of fascinating and something we maybe haven't exactly seen before is so oftentimes we talk about kind of like you get these episodes that they kind of give you the conclusion uh at the start 
uh like they give you the end at the start and then you get to see the middle up until that point like you they kind of change the order here i think that's mm-hmm. kind of what they were doing with this episode is it was like a spy mission so we leave the immunity challenge and victoria says like basically aubrey's going home and i'm going to be putting on my best face to make sure i don't slip up and make her feel the wrong way at all um is basically the confessional we get from victoria and then into just aubrey talking nonstop for like 12 minutes or whatever um so I think it actually really works as a storytelling uh, way to do it because, like we like we know what the plan is. We know it's Victoria trying to pull the wool over Aubrey's eyes, and then we get to witness. It's like we get to witness the heist. We get to witness why Aubrey is getting duped because she is having these conversations. It's almost like, like it's like one of the first times I think that we've seen a blindside from the perspective of the person being blindsided. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they would sneak in like moments where the other four would just be sitting there being like, the plan's still on, right? Like as Aubrey is in like the middle of a confessional and like, mm-hmm. it was just so good. Like a weird choice. I wonder how much of it was maybe like Wendy wasn't being receptive to plans really. And like, it was just, they had to work around that, but I didn't well, hate it even if that was the case. I mean, I honestly, I personally believe that, like, in that scene that, I mean, everyone's talking about where Wendy's like, um, uh, I don't know if I'm willing to give a name or whatever. I'm 90% sure at that point Wendy knew about the plan devoted Aubrey. Oh, yeah, I think she did. And I think she just wasn't playing the best game there. Like, Yeah, I'm sure the scenes we're missing are the scenes where after that, Victoria goes to Aubrey and is like, oh my god, I wanted to make this move, but we just can't. Like, she's clearly too much of a liability, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I'm sure yeah, that's what we're yeah. missing, but, like, that is... I can, like, I can see that in my brain canon, so it doesn't even mind. Like, I don't even care that I didn't see that. Um, and, like, I, I did, like, there was a couple times where, like, we get Aubrey and Victoria talking, and Aubrey's, like, laying out this giant plan. She's talking for, like, five minutes or whatever. Like, she's saying, like, a long sentence. <laughs> and then Victoria's just like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. And I didn't know if it was intentional or not, but it was very, I noticed it. So it's something to remark upon. Um, yeah. And I think the whole thing was just really well handled. Like, I don't know. Like, like I really thought that first episode was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this marks the first time Survivors ever added a new person in the middle of the season. They added Julia. Yep. Um, just to the comma tribe, I guess, since they're doing so well, they just get another person, too. Yeah, I'm um, sure we'll talk about it when we get to her, but, like, this is the wor- <laughs> I, I think this this might be the worst edit of all time. Eh, I didn't hate our content, these two episodes. Well, uh, we'll we'll definitely get to it then. Yeah, Uh-oh. <laughs> but it was interesting to see sort of just like for both episodes, they would just like do a quick one over at comma, like let people talk about um, how they're doing. The first episode comma scene reminded me of um, back in Triple H, the Blue Tribe post swap after they go to tribal council and it's just like you get a bit from everyone on how they're doing. So don't really know what that adds up to, but that's what I was reminded of. It was hard to put it on my edge chart, like what they were. Cause you, yeah, no, I agree. You heard a little bit of strategy from each of them, but it wasn't very much at all. So 
and like it was like a commentary on their story so far and how it's changed. Mm-hmm. But I guess it, is, yeah, it serves sort of as like these people aren't going to tribal council, so let's actually touch in with them and see where they are before they have to go to every tribal council for the rest of the game. Yeah, which I'm personally here for. Like, I'm personally 100% okay with just the, hey, by the way, Ron Clark really likes eating fish now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool <laughs> with that. Um, maybe it's not ideal, but it's like, you know what? It works. Like, it, it, it continues people's stories. Um, and I do think, like, there's, like, I think standout confessional of the episode was actually Aubrey talking about Victoria being like, uh, I've been looking for. I thought all these people were asleep, but behind those big glasses, I didn't realize her eyes were open the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just get this amazing shot of Victoria just sitting there, and you know, like this cold, stone cold killer <laughs> is killing like one of the all time fan favorites. Like, yeah, beautifully done. And Good stuff. Me and my girlfriend were literally like screaming in joy when Aubrey left. Like, I don't <laughs> think that was the intended effect, but I think. I think I have like a subcon. I think I just have a subconscious dislike of Aubrey. I guess at this point, um, and it was so like great episode all around. Um, I'm sure some people have more mixed feelings than I did, but that was like the happiest episode of all time for me. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about all this, and we didn't even talk about the poor, poor Lesu tribe. So we'll get to them. I don't really have much to say now. But they don't like each other. Yeah, they're a mess. Yeah, they are. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to touch on before we move on. Um, I think I the challenges really sort of were still that run in a straight line and do a puzzle at the end thing. Or throw, I mean, I did, I always like the baseball challenge because, like, you get to see if somebody's ever played baseball before. Wardog has never played baseball before. <laughs> um, I really like seeing, I guess maybe just a brief thing is, uh, shout to Gavin for being, like, low-key super athletic. Um, he's keeping up with Joe in like every part of the challenges I noticed anyway. Um, hmm. and like, like especially with the uh the baseball part was uh like like this close away from Joe. Yeah, showed it to Gavin. Um, who really had a horrible episode. Of this yeah, event. who's rip Gavin? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, like I think overall, like the two hours as a whole was fine. Like, I think the second episode had, had a lot of problems with the first episode I thought was pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's like, you know, it, it turns out like, okay. Yeah. Um, if that's all for our general thoughts. Oh, wait, 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 actually, no, I actually, oh. I can talk about this during edge of extinction, but I, I wasn't a huge fan of the, uh, like cheap escape room gimmick on the uh, <laughs> edge of extinction personally, but I don't know. <laughs> that might just be me. Um, yeah, I think we'll talk just more about edge of extinction there. Cause like, it's not what it was billed as definitely. And <laughs> no, like every episode, it morphs a little more away from it so yeah they literally talked about eating like i guess before we move on reem literally like subtitled says should we eat more rice before we walk (laughs) like if you're like maybe it is brutal but if you're trying to make it seem brutal and like they're hungry all the time and like they're falling apart maybe don't have them constantly talk about rice that they have i don't know they just seem they don't seem like 
having trouble surviving. They seem like bored and stir crazy. Yeah. And like literally like I think it was I think it was Rick had a confessional where he was like, you know, Edge of Extinction isn't so nice. It's really bad. And the cut they choose to supplement in that, like, so, like, Rick is talking over, uh, like, giving voiceover effectively to a really bad moment, uh, is the mast, like, awkwardly, like, buckling under Chris a little bit. Like, yeah. Like, a, like a little bit of a rundown chair. Like, <laughs> is this the worst shot you have? Like, is this, like, the devastation of Extinction Island is, it's a little bit uncomfortable? Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It looks way worse on the Lasu tribe. Uh, that's all I'm gonna yep. say. <laughs> like... uh, so yeah, I think it's a complete flop. But you know what? I don't know. I guess some people like seeing the gimmick escape room it's stuff. Just, but... Yeah, it's like they're just like we're gonna put you in this escape room and like yeah. here's a map that has holes in it. Where do you line up the holes? <laughs> and like, or like okay. if it's a series of puzzles and like. Somewhere down the line, like, you can do a bunch of it by yourself, but eventually you need, like, more people to, like, hold on to ropes or stuff, or, and then that's how you get back in. All right, yeah. I'm just, I'm going to apply to be on production, so. <laughs> I actually don't mind the, like, I the part I did like was, like, Rick getting an extra vote that he can throw into the game. I thought that was fun. Um, him giving it to Aubrey is hilarious. Like, got a girl he's never met. Um, so disadvantaged returnees. Um, yeah. But um, I think beyond that, I do think there are some like hilarious problems with the whole Edge of Extinction execution, and that like, like, I w- so I did an escape room with my grandmother, um, and like she's not exactly the archetype you're gonna be thinking of is like gonna do really well on Edge of Extinction or whatever. Um, but if, I think if you give someone a map that says uh, the folds are what I, like you know what I mean like the folds lead to the answer. And it's kind of like a folded up map. Um, she's gonna figure that out in five minutes, maybe ten. Yeah. And these people are there twenty four hours a day, theoretically like deprived. This is the only thing you're giving them. Yeah. You could, you could give way more complex things than a map that very obviously you fold. Or just less help, like. Like, I like how they did it in David versus Goliath, where there was just that emblem at the yeah. feast. And, like, they didn't say it was anything special. But, like, Gabby cottoned on to it, and then people saw it later. Like, I like yeah. stuff like that. And, like, this could honestly, like, if nothing else, Edge of Extinction could literally be them test out weird idol-finding mechanisms or whatever. Like... You yeah, know what I mean, like, th- and that works fine. Like, it it doesn't matter, so you can just make them do whatever. They're like, they're in limbo. Like, they're like limbo monkeys that you can just kind of make dance and look for things. Mm-hmm. That works, but like these are these were so simple. Like these were like children's escape rooms. Like I don't know. Yeah. For but that's sure. enough about Edge of Extinction. Well, uh, <laughs> we are going to talk about the complex tribe, so yeah. maybe Edge of Extinction is that. <laughs> So, obviously, to preface this, complex tribe theory is something that I think we both hold pretty true for the most part, Um, and I personally think it's almost always correct, but sometimes it's a little tricky to identify the complex tribes, Um, and basically what it means is that in almost every season of Survivor, there's honestly only, like, two exceptions. Um, 
the winner comes from the tribe that is developed the most. Generally, this means the most relationships inside of it, um, the most co like complex story. So a good example would be in Kagiyan, Um You have the three tribes. You have the beauty tribe, which is for the most part um, very uncomplex. Uh, just talking about like not like not really getting along and all that. You have the brains tribe, which is basically the story of Jatia, uh, and Casper calls them the shit for brains tribe. And then you have the Braun tribe, which isn't super complex, but it has a story. Uh, Tony wants to get out Cliff. Cliff is with Wu. Uh, uh, Sarah doesn't trust Tony 100% and then does trust Tony. Uh, Tony and Trish are together. Uh, you basically see a full view of the Braun tribe, and then you get Jatia's crazy and throws the rice in the fire, and the pretty people get no content. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's a good season to sort of describe complex tribe. Um, and basically the premise is the winner always comes from that tribe. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I have I'm having a little bit of difficulty. Yeah, but it's tricky sometimes because if we look tribe. at last season, we had the Tiva tribe in green. We thought we both thought they were the complex tribe, and I mean Nick came from Jabeni, so. And in fact, the final three was all Jabeni. Yeah. Um, I do think that, like, honestly, even in that moment, I was a little bit like a little bit apprehensive. Um, uh, Vuku was easy to eliminate, uh, but I, my problem is always these swap tribes is always the hardest. Cause like, I do believe there is a complex tribe even in the swap. Um, I do think last season was a little bit weird with that one, but I think in general, you can at least eliminate one in the swap. Three tribes is always the most difficult cause there's three of them in Civ 2. Um, but yeah, like I think the swap is always a lot harder to peg which one is complex just because Generally, you they do show like, hey, look, this is who's doing well in that tribe. This is who's doing well in this tribe because they do have to kind of reset people's stories. Yeah. Um, so it is a little bit difficult, but yeah. So I think with now the merge coming, um, for me, it's time to kind of peg the complex group, which group we think is going to be the one that kind of dominates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you can usually eliminate one right off the bat. Who yeah. would that be for you? Um, shockingly, I think if I'm just going on complex tribe alone, I would probably eliminate the comma tribe. Um, that story was basically Joe's pretty cool. Hmm. I don't know. Cause I feel like their development, uh, but like you really didn't get Julia and Aurora. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say maybe Manu, but like Manu feels weird too. It was a lot harder than it has it been in past seasons where there's been three. And um, that's the thing is, so for me, I do think this is the kind of case where things like Edge of Extinction are making this extremely difficult. Um, and I guess my take I think Edge of Extinction might be our complex tribe. Um, <laughs> which, I don't know. Yeah, he I doesn't see like that. Chris. Uh, Chris wants to be, have a good relationship with Reem. Chris wants to have uh, like good bonds with people. Uh, Rick and Chris are close. Um, you know what I mean? Like there is there is a lot of dynamics going on in there, um, and so I think it makes it really tricky. Um, mm -hmm. so that's the thing is I, I do think that this season it is going to be extremely difficult. Um, yeah. 
But I think a solid second would be, personally, I think the six-person group outlined by Victoria uh, of, like, her, Julie, uh, Ron, Gavin, Eric, Julia. I actually think it might be weirdly the complex tribe. Um, hmm. It's not the first time an alliance has been, like, cross-tribal but complex. Um I think it makes sense, because if you look at it in this episode, we have Ron basically being like, hey, I trust Joe now. Julia, I'm, I trust Joe now. Julie being like, no, we need to kill Joe. Um, <laughs> Victoria executing the plan to kill Joe. Eric executing the plan to kill Joe. Or Aubrey. Um, mm-hmm. We need to get them all reestablished as specifically people who wanted the returnees out and either do or don't. Yeah. That, to me, me, reads like they're probably the complex group, but... Yeah, I think I can agree with that. And we also thought early on that Kama felt more complex, even though they weren't going to Tribal Council. So I think that's yeah. another thing to add in there, too. And um, to give us more cred for last season, like the David tribe was super obviously the complex tribe, and then the swap was difficult. Um, yeah. I think this is one where both are kind of a little tricky, because Kama got so much less screen time. But I do, I think, stick by that OG Kama was complex, and then I think that six-person group is the complex one. And I think if, like, a bunch of people, like, listen to us, they would, like, be screaming as to why we're not considering Lesu in any of this. And it's just, like, Lesu feels messy, and they get a lot of visibility, but they don't feel complex. I agree. Um, like, the times they... F- like, I do think there is some complexity there that we'll get to. Um, Mm -hmm. mostly in the David and Kelly thing transitioning from rivalry into friendship. That's pretty complex. But other than that, I mean, like, we'll get to it, but, like, literally their content was, like, War Dogs weird. (laughs) Like, Yeah, they're, like, doing things, but it's not based on, like, game philosophies. It's based on, like, this person is awful, so let's get them out. Yeah. Like, not... What kind of person is Wendy? <laughs> yeah. Who hides the flint? Like... War Dog is a psycho. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You a know lot of I mean? this it's... is just Kelly being, like, mean to people. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, like, yeah, that's kind of the problem, is it's very cut and dry what's going on. Like, Lauren is not eating, and she may be weak because of that. But, I don't know. Just doesn't feel as complex, I guess. David wants <laughs> Kelly out for dot 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 reasons. Now he doesn't want her out for yes. dot 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 reasons. Like, it's really not that complex when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say I like your theory about the group of six that was outlined. Like, I don't want to have like strike zone flashbacks, but true. And I, I guess like I do want to quickly preface like. The reason complex tribe theory makes sense is that, like, the winner is generally somebody who, like, their story is well-defined. And so it makes sense for, like, the world they live in to be well-defined. So even if it isn't, like, it it doesn't inherently have to be a tribe. It just frequently in the game of Survivor, like, complex groups tend to be tribes. Like, people do tend to vote with their tribe at the merge and stuff. That's why it's complex tribe, but, like, there really isn't any reason it couldn't be some like just a group yeah 
Yeah, I think. Yep, that's good on complex charts, I think. Sounds I don't good. Know if I have anything additional? <laughs> yeah, it's like this season's so weird for it because it's just like Edge of Extinction makes so much of this stuff so weird. Mm-hmm. And everyone who's gone to Edge of Extinction wasn't like is clearly not in the six, so that yes. like, still <laughs> makes sense. So I guess we'll move here to our story section. Um, so our, the first story that we've had since the start is the mother's woman general thing. Um, the most immediate payoff I can think of is obviously Reem giving Keith the uh, advantage that she totally didn't give him. <laughs> and I think like earlier on before Keith goes off, she says it's good to have a mom on your tribe. So just like putting it back in there. I really don't think it's for Reem anymore. I think it's something to do with Julie, but yep. they want us to keep thinking about it. Um, I should say I have, I actually like thought this was like a, like treasure trove of our stories, these two episodes. Like I legitimately, when I rewatched, I took notes on where they were as opposed to just like thinking about it when they came up. So I yeah, think I really I mean, think, I think we have nailed them for the most part. Like, yeah. Um, like literally like the mom thing was quite a bit over this episode. I do agree. I think this is Julie's story. Um, but is it is a broad story because it is spreading across. Uh, specifically, Julie's story is she doesn't want to be seen as the mom. Yeah, and right now Julie like hasn't gone to tribal council, so there's no reason to really put her up there as a yep. big player. So if you can share this through people like Reem, it makes sense. So it really does, and like I think that's the thing is like in order for like Julie to have a story, which they clearly like the most obvious thing in the world is they have some sort of long-term story for Julie planned. Um, mm-hmm. You have to like to show that somebody's not like a mom. I think you do have to super define a mom and Reem's basically being the, it's kind of like dying on the sword for Julie, not being a mom. Is she ever rest in peace, Reem. Rip <laughs> So, and I, honestly, other than that, was there any other... Oh, actually, no, there's a huge one. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah no, here, we got a huge one. So, uh, we have... Our specific theme is mothers, women, and generals. And this is one I took a note on. Oh, right, um, okay. We have Kelly Wentworth describing David Wright as a female. Um, very, very 2019 of her. Yeah, uh, pretty cringy in terms of, like, <laughs> like, like probably a little problematic, but... Um, yeah. I think for the, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is in here um, at all. Like, it's very, like, it seems very pointed. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it is meant to hit hard, I think. Yeah. And I guess related to that, I put it in, like, um, the experience theme. But later on when David is looking for the idol, he talks a lot about his like personal life and like how he's not at the place he wants to be as a 44 year old. And I guess it doesn't really veer all the way into gender roles or anything, but it feels, it also felt very like traditional, like these are what life should entail as I grow Mm -hmm. up. And I don't know. It was an interesting, it's an interesting scene. I know and I think to add on to that, that um, frequently, kind of the, um, how do you put it, like, 
the gender role for a male is like for sorry for a for a woman is like people always ask like when are you going to have kids all that kind of stuff like that's a very like female asked question uh david rice here specifically says like i'm 44 and i don't have a kid that's something you're way more likely to hear from a female if you're thinking about the gender rules thing um than a male and i think it is interesting that in this episode he's basically referred to as a female and then talks about like the pressure he has to have kids Mm -hmm. and if we want to keep like wedging this clam open uh as he did yeah um both times when they come back from the reward challenge david is like hey should we go fishing Mm -hmm. and like i would say that's a pretty predominantly like thing males do like your aussies and your joes um but then you in the first part you have war dog saying no like and later on i don't see the point in fishing it's counterintuitive yeah and then in the second one lauren is like yeah i'll go with you so it really is interesting like one more (laughs) go ahead no you go you go one more thing um last season was rife with theories that angelina's comment about idols was saying that it would mean something for this season in terms of women and idol play or idol findings. And what do you know? Three women have found idols. Like I know we kind of rejected it, but it is interesting to see how that has happened. I personally think that's bullshit. Um, Like (laughs) they, they they don't give a shit about the next season. Um, Like it just, it doesn't really like the amount of credit they have to be given to the audience for that is way too high. Um, but I do think this theme is for that. And yeah, like only females have found idols, which is pretty cool. Um, and I do think Angelina, like, I think the whole time we were like, is this an ironic theme? Is it not? I think it was supposed to be ironic and we just really liked Angelina more than they, like, we were the target demographic for Angelina. <laughs> like, if you look at the uh, fan pages, they really did not like Angelina. So yeah. I, I, we probably could have taken more from that. Um, this is a more earnest theme, I think. Like, this is more like... Um, there's, I don't think there's any doubt this is like, like, haha, jokes on females kind of thing. Um, I think that, I, I don't even think this. I think this is less likely to lead to the winner too. Like, this just feels like a general like, women are probably going to do pretty well in this season. Yeah, I agree. It's specifically aggressive women. Hmm. Like, uh. I think we see that with Lauren early on like i i it's um when they're talking about like how hard it is to find idols and then lauren finds the idol and stuff like that yeah talks about loving kelly for being aggressive about that mm-hmm. so that brings us to our next theme uh the sad story of how hard it is for returnees yeah yep i just have written here like joe in both episodes just like um the way he sort of knows that he's in trouble in episode five and starts working towards it. And then when he sees Aubrey go, he's just, oh, so sad and so disadvantaged and starts working for it. So it literally like drives me nuts. Like his confessional, he literally says like, it's hard knowing that the minute you get to the, like get to the starting beach that you're already disadvantaged. I'm like, Oh my god. Like the biggest eye roll of all time was coming from me. <laughs> um 
again, we know returning players always do well in these seasons. Like, no matter what. Like, no matter how many times uh, new players are like, I want all the returnees to go. Like, life finds a way. <laughs> yeah. Get to the end. Ron Clark finds a way to all of a sudden love Joe. Like, um, it's just, it's over and over again. And at this point, I really think that the story is like we on our little bit inside baseball. We've all and we've had it as new player versus old player. I really think at this point, the story they're trying to say, like I think the actual story here intended is it's hard to be a returnee. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Which like... is horrible. Like yeah, horrible. <laughs> like. In terms of wanting a new player to win, it's just like if they're saying it's a hard struggle for returnees, I think they're either saying, "Oh, that's why they all get voted out early," or they're one of them is going to win, and we just got to our first one being voted out. So, and I really do think it is as binary as that. Like, I really do think. Uh, the more the more they talk about it, in I think is going to be the pointer of whether it is a returning winning or whether it's not. Um, at this point, I feel like I kind of do feel like it is going to be a returning player, uh, just based on how much this has been hammered in. But it's hard to know, and like we even get like David saying like like after in that like long confessional we've been talking about at the end of it he's like and i will never quit this game uh we get we get returnees saying this a lot um to the point where it's, it's a little bit uh worrying for me mm-hmm. i'm personally in the camp that i would much rather see a ret- new sorry a new player win um and i'm like i don't know i'm worried i personally think that okay i guess this is my take i think if a returning players in the end they're going to win. But this could also be the story of why none of them are in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a much better version of what I said, where, like, if we get this narrative that it's hard to be a returning player and, like, a returning player makes it to the end, that means it's impressive. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's something really to be lauded for in the Tribal Council. Uh, yeah, and if you compare this to like South Pacific, where you end up having a newbie beat a returner, uh, the story was way more about how Coach is the leader because he's played before. You know what I mean? The story wasn't so much like Coach has a target on his back from day one. It was way yeah. more Coach is the leader because he has experience, and they subvert it that way. Yeah, definitely. And just a different... like perspective on the returnees like one is shown kind of as a cult leader and the other is sort of this carefree wild card whereas here it's like they're all threats to win they're all competent like they're all targets and i think even beyond that what better way to say like because like the number one thing they don't want probably is like like casual fans eye rolling when joe wins you know what i mean like like for example any returning player they're like oh my god like another predictable season where the returnee just wins or whatever right yeah if if you make them into the underdog of like they're constantly on the, on the edge of being voted out uh spoiler alert for 
the next thing we can talk about. But <laughs> um, if, if you make them seem like an underdog, the number one thing fan, Survivor fans like is the underdog. So they've effectively turned these returning players into underdogs, which is hilarious to people like us and probably the listeners of this show, but not the watchers of Survivor. Yep. Anything else on new player versus old player? No, I feel like it really centered around Joe, but like it did. Like, at like, this point, yeah, there are through lines and other ones, but like, yeah, you get a little bit with Aubrey, a little bit with Kelly. Yeah. Um, David, at this point, I think you can basically say isn't a returning player, um, story wise. Like, he really doesn't get dragged into being a returning player too much. That's fair. Yep. So I guess we'll move on here to checklists of the experience. Really rough episode for some people here. Uh, what people want to do in Survivor. Um, to me, this this was all over the place. Um, but specifically with Aubrey wanting to use her advantage properly with Rip. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see it that much throughout the episode. Like I said, this is where I put David's. Uh, weird confessional, like what he wants to experience in life. Not so much Survivor, but in life. I think you see it a bit with Wendy in the first tribal, where she's like, yeah, even if I'm going home, like, who could be mad that I lasted this long? Which, I don't know about that perspective, Wendy, but if it's... Yeah, you, the- you didn't really make it that far, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like, I'm not so strong in believing this, but I think like you don't want people who are like, yeah, I made it to the end of the pre-merge. What a great experience I had. Like, no, like you didn't win. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like Survivor should cast people who, if they come forth, are super angry and upset. Not like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the level of competitive that should yeah. be on this show. Um, for example, the four people, I, I mean, David and Kelly are great examples. Um, Clearly not happy with their fourth place finish. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think the other the other parts where this was the case was like mostly like Rick being like, um, I might not be in the game, but I still get to be along for the experience. I'm still in the game, like all that kind of stuff. I do think um, was tied to this. Um, probably again, you have David wanting to fish all that stuff, like a lot of stuff we kind of covered. Um, but yeah, I think this is clearly an important part of survivor also um the greatest line in this episode was um victoria saying well if shoot what was it uh if we can't fish we should chicken yeah (laughs) i love her so much (laughs) and that is totally tied to this theme um But yeah, that's that's probably good for this one. Yeah, uh, we've it had a lot of re- repetitive treads in the other ones. Uh, here we have Kumbaya Survivor versus Gameplay Survivor, which LOL. It came back. Yeah, we had we had Aubrey first in the first episode. She talks about how Manu is in the Survivor waiting room where they're just waiting around. Well, she <laughs> thinks they're waiting around, waiting to go to Tribal Council, but really she's the only one who wants to go, and then. When it happens, it's not great for her. Yeah, but instead, like the chicken, she's just waiting, like in the waiting room to get her head caught off, kind of thing. And um, then she gets sent to the actual survivor waiting room, which she calls it a waiting room again, but Edge yeah. of Extinction. Yeah, way um, to reuse content, Aubrey. Like, 
<laughs> uh, she must have forgot she used it. Or maybe like uh, like when you get voted out, your idol stops working, and at the same point, like you, all your old confessionals are something you can just use them again. Yep. Um, I'm giving this a B minus. Needs more sentence variety. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I don't know. For me, I think this story was actually pretty funny. I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of more or less ends. Um, because it is pretty funny to have the story of like this person desperately wanting to go to tribal council, and then it's like if they go, they get their neck cut off. <laughs> like it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it did open a new door where now that Aubrey's been voted out, but not really, she's on rock bottom. So this is where she thrives. So yep, if you're if you're still on that Aubrey winning train, like I'm not really there, but this is like, uh light at the end of the tunnel for you i have a shit ton to say about aubrey when we get there uh because i really do think it could be that um and i think it explains a lot of the tonal whiplash we saw in episode two and three um of episode two obviously is infamous uh aubrey let's have a uh discourse or whatever dialogue dialogue yeah yeah, yeah. that one and then episode three is about like how great she is um Mm-hmm. it's kind of confusing until you think about it for a little bit and you're like wait a minute there's a mechanism in this game where you could be punished for episode 2 Aubrey but then you could become episode 3 Aubrey hmm <laughs> and then I'm like oh okay she's definitely coming back I don't know if I believe we'll that see. but we'll see um, but yeah so I think I do think this is going to continue to be around like um, I think a great like honestly like so much of this is about that like uh, the Lasu tribe story is basically a summary of this theme, as we pointed out. Um, mm-hmm. And then we even have Victoria literally being like, like, like Aubrey being like, her eyes were more open than I ever thought, and they were even more open than she even expressed in that confessional. Uh, and then, like, her literally, like, then we literally get our next theme here, which is yeah. Victoria saying, like, I don't care about these people. I can easily separate the game and strategy from my personal relationships. Don't trust me, man. <laughs> like, Yeah. And I think, oh, this is a new theme for us. I just added it to our list uh, this week. But I think it is very closely related to the last. But really with this episode and Victoria is where we saw it, where I think twice she was like, yeah, I can lie in this. It's okay because it's a game. Um mm-hmm. And that's different from personal relationships. So, and I mean, this is like this is something I'm surprised we didn't actually write down yeah. earlier. Ron Clark literally says this in episode one. Um, <coughs> his his kids will be smart enough. His students will be smart enough to realize that he's gonna lie a lot, and that's okay because it's a game. Uh, yep. we, we get this reaffirmed all the time in this season, and I'm shocked we actually didn't put it on until here. So great catch there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Victoria is now the. It's clear that the theme that we should have picked off, picked up on with Ron Clark earlier. This is Victoria's, like, I guess you know what this gave me memory of is. So I sat in there watching it with my girlfriend, and she immediately was like, "Wow, Victoria reminds me a lot of Sandra." Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Like, like this is her version of the anyone but me confessional. You know what I mean? Yes. Like. It really was like this is my gameplay philosophy. This is how I view the world. Um, so I don't know. I think expect, I think expect really good things from Victoria for after that. Yep. Um, another place this comes in 
earlier on as in episode two, um, during Kama's kind of idol search where the men are searching, but the women are not. Julie uses this to talk about how she needs to be more sneaky and she's not a naturally sneaky person. So she's on the, she's probably the one who's most on the other side of this where they can't separate game strategy from personal relationships, but she's working yep. towards it. So. And she's trying to like, yeah, I feel like the story is almost like Julie wants to be Victoria. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Julie wants to be the cutthroat badass that Victoria is. Um, and we get to see that multiple times. Uh, Julie mentions like, I want to get out Joe. Um, she doesn't get to, there is a difference there. And I do think they are intentionally kind of being, yeah uh pitted against each other a little bit but again julie has kind of struggled to not go to tribal and like you can tell they're just chomping at the bit to give this girl more story yeah um i think it's interesting that all three of the people we've tied to this are not only on comma but we're in the six so yes i really think that is strong moving forward um i do think this can turn into a bad thing really quickly and we'll get to that more with victoria in general but like um, it's really easy to be like, I don't care about people. And then at the end, it's like, but you didn't care about people. How could we ever vote for you? Yes. And somewhere Dan is just crying to himself because you hate that. So Yeah, no, like, uh, full disclosure, <laughs> I personally, I, I, I am really, <laughs> like, like, gameplay should always win. Because, like, who, like, like, you don't sign up to meet 18 friends, you meet up to play a game. Um and so I, I will always be a victim for this kind of thing of, like, I want the person who gets to the end and is just like, I don't give a shit about a single one of you. Like, you think I was this sweet little funny girl? I'm not. I don't give a shit about you. I want her to win. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. that said, I Victoria the Losing Vitalist is totally in question, I think. I think so, yeah. Which makes me so sad. I will cry if Victoria is a losing finalist. It's like Gabby. <laughs> like I love this person so much. Like I would rather I would rather Victoria come seventh. Yeah, I think it's an interesting perspective um, when it comes to this because we've seen Joe say he needs to adapt and not be so Joey amazing, and then carry immunity challenges on his own. Um, so he's yeah, not. like he literally did that challenge by himself. Like, yeah, it was pretty hilarious to watch. But, um, yeah, like and like we literally see the other tribes be like, imagine being that guy. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah, um, but with Julia, who breakout episode girl, um, what does it mean for Julia? I know you were telling me you thought it was very bad for her. I mean. Nothing can really be too great for Julia, but I didn't think it was, like, the end of the world. For me, the literal story of Julia so far, in this included, was the story of somebody just being duped for no reason. Like, I don't think we're supposed to take away, oh yeah, Julia's a threat. I think we're supposed to take, Julia's going to do something stupid because she thinks she's a threat. Hmm. Not sure. I'm excited though. I mean, we just expended all our Julia content, but yeah. Like, what else are we gonna say? <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I mean, I think on this one, like, I mean, yeah, like the Lasu tribe is literally the story. Like, they're literally like we're like we're like the dinosaurs or whatever. Um, like, that's good. Again, like if uh, that's the kind of avenue you're looking down. Um, 
But I do think, like, I don't know, like, obviously the people on Edge of Extinction, <laughs> like, makes sense. Uh, we literally see a blindside from someone else's point of view, which um, is the personification, not even, not personification, the opposite, like a, the textbook example of unpredictability, right? Like, it's literally an episode about unpredictability and how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, I, I think this is present. Um, and, like, again, I do think, like, this theme works in a scary tandem with the returning players are so disadvantaged theme. Uh, because I think, again, our winner is going to be somebody who's um, under the gun for a lot of the game. Like, uh, forced to play defensively and from the bottom. Because I do think this season is kind of overall about how it is easier to play from the bottom. Um, and so I do think our winner is going to be somebody who does play from the bottom. Um, and so, like, I think it is important to remember that I do think that so many people's stories have barely started, which is bad for the merge, but I do actually have faith that they are going to start next episode. Yeah. Um, so we'll see who's presented as under the gun and who isn't. I think that's when it'll be super important. Mm-hmm. But with that right now, playing from the bottom, so Wendy's your number one pick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Exactly, you got me. Um, but no, I think it does bode really well for the returning players. Like, As of right now, they're the ones we have as under yeah. the radar, and and same with the Lasu tribe. They're the ones who are competently on the bottom. Yes. Whereas Wendy, not so much, but... Yeah, Aurora is also on the bottom. <laughs> oh, Aurora. Um, so yeah, is that all we have for stories? Yeah, I think so. It feels um, really good. It feels like the season started off really slow, but I think we're getting it. Like we're grasping on so what too. the season is giving us. So, and they haven't completely just randomly dropped things yet, which is good. Uh, yeah, I was really scared that was going to happen. It seems like they're being, for the most part, consistent. Uh, so I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. So we're off to Edge of Extinction. <laughs> like, obviously, we talked about Edge of Extinction a lot. Um, I thought it was so tacky, but it is what it is. We've got four people there right now. Five, depending when we're talking. Yeah. Um, six, even, depending how we're talking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is like kind of the end of an Edge of Extinction arc. Like, yes. Um, after this, we'll have someone come back. They'll know sort of their, I like guess like what the end goal is, like how it's gonna work, like all that. So yeah, because as of right now, they literally have no idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's so crazy and so weird, and yeah, and like I don't know, like Chris getting that thing that says practice, and then us not seeing him do anything with it right before what I assume is the challenge he needs it for. That wasn't great. Like, no. Granted, I, I'm sure that is something that like, I don't know. At least we, at least we got the greatest confession of all time where he said, I guess I'm supposed to practice with this. <laughs> yep. Um, I guess it was much better for Keith, except for that Keith, betrayed everyone on edge of extinction and like 
did that. But then in the second episode, he finds an advantage. He knows exactly what's he, what he needs to do with it. And so maybe this is the Keith return story. It could be. Just I don't think so. Um, I do um, think it's, it is just the story of Chris and Keith. Like, in Keith's boot episode, Chris is the one who's like, Keith's like a little brother to me. Like, um, I don't know if I can let him go. And then he does. Uh, and so Keith's still bitter. Um, <laughs> so I think that's kind of that's like, true. at least they are still developing these side stories, which is kind of fun. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it just feels like, like only one of these people's or two of these people is coming back. Like, it, it feels like for that amount of time we spend with them, it's way too much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't mind it. Um, I really feel like right now it's like Rick or Aubrey. I mm-hmm. think maybe Aubrey is coming back, but I don't know. I mean, I could see Chris coming back and like getting voted out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, like, that makes sense to me. Though I could, uh, I think I would be betting on Rick for this yep. first one. Mm-hmm. I think the one person who took the biggest tumble was Reem. Rip. When out of nowhere, she is just so angry at Chris. I mean, yo, she's been there for like eternity. But, like, I could get it even if you were more consistently angry. Yeah, that's true. She went from, like, sweet, caring mother, like, kind of coming into herself on Edge of Extinction. And then Chris is just like, yeah, you kind of, like, gave up that advantage, Reem. Which she did. (laughs) Absolutely. And then she's like, what did you just say to me, Chris? How dare you? (laughs) So... Yeah, Reem's not on my winner contenders list anymore. How the mighty have fallen. Um, but I'm glad yeah. we got we have got to enjoy six episodes with her so far, and many more to come. Yeah, I agree. Um, she's such good television. Like, like honestly, like I'm like probably like a three on Edge of Extinction. I think I would be a one if Reem wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, take Reem out, and I'm just having to deal with like Chris and Keith, <laughs> like. Yeah, it's a zero, but like <laughs> raises two points just because I could have Reem all season. Yeah, just the way Reem like talks about things and dude, to dude, people, dude. and just like, oh, that is not cool, <laughs> Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty entertaining. Um, I think for this, I think for the most part, I I want to talk about Rick. Um, yeah. Who I think got less than I would expect here. I think, yes. I obviously had Rick as number one, even though he just got voted out um, last episode. And so these two episodes were kind of less than I was expecting for Rick. I don't know if it was absolutely terrible, though. Yeah, like it was like fine for me. It was like yeah. it was like treading water edically. Like mm-hmm. he gets to remind like he gets to clearly articulate to the audience he's not out of the game. Um that's mm-hmm. I think alone really good cuz like again, you can't give the casual audience too much credit. Like if your winner's getting voted out, I feel like they will literally be like multiple times say like I'm still in the game. I could still win. <laughs> yeah. And so that's pretty good. He gets to show that he's good at cheap gimmick maps. 
Um, it's pretty good. Yep. Um, anything else on Edge of Extinction? No, I think I'm good. Um, I thought it was interesting how I guess Aubrey was like, oh, I'm just an Edge of Extinction newbie. I'm just a disadvantaged newbie on Edge of Extinction too, where I don't know how the maps work. That was so cringy. Like, <laughs> like, do you think they know how the maps work? Like, <laughs> like, come on. Like, jeez. Yeah. And, like, and like the worst part is like she gets a confessional being like, well, I don't know how this works. I'm just a newbie, but the people from here say that it apparently works something like this. I'm like, why did we get that confessional instead of one of them describing how it works? <laughs> like, yeah, it was weird. I know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't ask your like third cousin how your birthday party was. I ask somebody who was there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's a good extinction. Aubrey's contribution was like almost nothing, which yeah. I don't okay. really know how to make of that. But she also didn't have a ton of time there. So no. like, maybe it's just better to pretend she's not out of the game if she's coming back. Yeah, true. Especially if she's coming back next. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I really do think that probably a winner is going to come from here. Not this group, but in general. Um mm-hmm. But that is waning a little bit. Like, last week I was pretty, like, I'm, like, pretty dang sure that our winner's going to get voted out. Um, this wasn't the greatest week for Edge of Extinction, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, like, I don't want to be, like, uh, kind of fancy fencerson here, but it is really hard to track. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess we'll we'll get some insight see kind of what they were doing pre-merge with someone coming back, and then maybe that helps us inform our decisions from there. Yeah, and I feel like the fallout of the challenge will actually be pretty enlightening. Like, um, like if Keith wins, then I think we have to like reconsider everything. Um, but, like, depending who wins, how it happens, how the, how the players in the game react and everything, I think, honestly, will kind of color how it will work f- moving forward, edgically. Um, so I think we are in, we are in a little bit of an edgic waiting room right now. Um, yeah. Yep. Thank you, Aubrey. So glad to have you on the podcast this week. So I guess that brings us to our comma tribe, new comma. Um, amazing tribe. Never went to tribal council pre-merge. Who would have guessed this group of five? Who would have guessed comp beast Julie would (laughs) I mean, really, the secret is, like, if you give me Aurora, Julia, Julie, Ron, then black out the fifth person and be like, it's like a math puzzle. Like, this tribe never goes to tribal council pre-merge. Who fill in the last square? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, there really is only one answer here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this tribe literally, like, was just about Joe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Aurora, who's not even on the show, is not even on the show. Uh, Joe is obviously talking about how hard it is to be Joe. Um, Julia is first Influenced saying, by Joe. "Yeah, first saying I like challenges and Joe is threat," and then saying, "Oh, Joe think I threat? I guess not Joe threat." Um, and then Julie's like, "No, Joe is threat," and then Ron's like, "I like that we have Joe." 
because these people are bad at farming. Like farming? Or sorry, fishing. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> and then we get Julie hitting a tree with a basket, which is an amazing shot. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it was just like there's no nothing other than Joe. Okay, let's start at the beginning though. We gotta start sure. with Aurora. Um she loves peanut butter. That was her addition. She does. Um and she pulled that branch down wrong and it spooked her. Yeah, and, like and she cheered on her tribe at the second immunity challenge because she was sitting out. Or so- yeah. Aurora is such a weird one to me because I think early on we were predicting her to be like the like girl who gets the generic confessional every episode girl. Yeah. Uh, and she and hasn't we... had a confessional in four episodes. Yep. And then we were like, oh, so she's going home in this double boot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Ron was like, oh, I can't get Joe out yet. And I was like, here we go. Yeah. It's coming true. We're amazing. And then now Aurora's in the merge and. Who knows? Literally, like, <laughs> right when Ron said, I guess we keep Joe, I literally just turned to my friends and I'm like, okay, guys, like, we're going to get the boring Aurora. Like, they're going to throw the challenge and then they're going to decide if Aurora. Um, and then, like, she just <laughs> wasn't on the episode, either episode. Um, yep. Which, great. Um, I personally believe that we cursed Aurora um preseason we're like this girl could either be super interesting or she could be angela um and as of this moment she has angela's edit to a t basically no she's worse than angela angela got spikes every three episodes yeah aurora aurora now has a worse edit than julia (laughs) yeah she does and it's pretty close to chelsea too like which is pretty funny um like poor Aurora, like poor Aurora. Um, <laughs> yeah, like she clearly just has no impact. You know what I mean? Like I think I'm now gonna start predicting her as pretty top candidate to be like a losing finalist. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to think about how this merge is going to shake out. Yes. I feel like she might be like an idol victim or something. I honestly think they've stopped. Unless it's like a ruthless one, I think they have kind of cooled down on the quieter idol boot edit. Like, okay, I think maybe, it's now more accepted. Maybe idol. I was thinking like you have a really split merge. Like one yeah. side thinks they're going to target Joe, but like they actually target Aurora, and that's where Aurora goes because that. No if, gonna... Yeah, like yeah. if Aurora, like I, I could honestly see Aurora leaving next the episode after that so like the merge the one after the merge or is like deep i think yeah um that seems to be the way these things go is you're right like i could easily see next episode being everyone being like okay we need joe out and then everyone's like but he is joey amazing like what if he has an idol and then they vote aurora yeah definitely um her story literally is she likes joe like that's it like yep and she's bad at survival. Like that's, I don't know if you could have a worse edit for this combination of stories um, that they're trying yeah, to tell it's us. Just, it's really bad. Like, it's really like imagine going on Survivor, and so far you don't want to do anything because you love a returning player. You were a cat at one point. You love peanut butter. <laughs> like. 
That'd be my nightmare. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, honestly, give me, like, I'm trying to think, like, when, like, anybody, like, like people who get, like, roasted are is better. You know what I mean? Like, like you have even, something to laugh about. Yeah, this isn't even a Chelsea, because, like, I guess Chelsea got roasted in challenges, but, like, other than that, like, she was just quiet. Like, this is actively making fun of Aurora. And I think and, that's probably because she doesn't go to Edge of Extinction, but that's unfortunate. I think you're probably right. Or she goes and leaves pretty quickly. Or yeah. she goes and, like, Joe does everything for her or something. But either way, <laughs> I think they're... It, it, I do think it's pretty bad. Um, and, like, I don't know. I just... I personally just think that, like, there's... Like, with Aurora, it's just... I don't know, like... Like, with... Okay, you know what it is? So, like, with Chelsea. Chelsea has, like, a devoted, like, cult on Reddit. You know what I mean? Like, because she was ignored, but she was ignored consistently from episode one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And it was, like, funny that she was ignored so often. Aurora doesn't even get that, because she did get two confessionals off the start. So, you instantly lose any ironic fandom. Aurora has, like, like... Because she, like, people know who she is, so they don't think of her when they think she's not purple, right? Like, she wasn't invisible until recently. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't even have, like, the funny edgic chart. She's got nothing. Yep. Like, poor Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly is either just really boring or really makes them upset. Mm -hmm. So that's probably enough for Aurora. Yeah. We'll talk about Joe now. Yep. Um, hmm. Still, still an enigma. <laughs> that Joey, amazing, out there doing it for Sierra. Uh, some um, listener on our video last week was like, "LOL, how ridiculous that you think Joe's gonna has a chance of winning." Ha ha ha. And whoever commented, look yourself in the mirror after this episode and tell me that you don't think that what I articulated last week is accurate. Where I was like, yeah, Joe's been, like, invisible, but I think that there's a really good chance that he's going to pop back up because he they know that they can heat him up at any point and casual fans are going to love him. Um, and just having the story be like, Joe's totally going to get voted out now is a really good buffer for Joe. I guess, I guess he just clearly articulated that in the episode. Joe did. Um, and then the entire episode was about Joe. I really do think Joe could win. Um, for me, of the returnees, he's by far number one. Like, number one with a stern bullet. Sure, his story's a little bit ironic. He wants to not be Joey Amazing, and he's been super Joey Amazing. But I think, again, in a season where, like, you're kind of having to guess, is this story act one of their story because they're going to Extinction and coming back? Or is this the finale? Um, I think the story of Joe get, like trying to not be so amazing is just that amazing so he gets voted out and then just is super Joey amazing and wins is a very realistic timeline. Yeah. I have I have concerns because there was a point where you're shown as not realizing people wanted him out and then it like flipped. Whereas like if he had gotten the Aubrey treatment where he got voted out without much awareness of it, like I think that would be better. But now that you he might knows, be right. it's weird i guess that i don't know i do have him on my list now i think you just can't not consider at this point he's basically doing second chances again where he didn't go to tribal pre-merge um who knows how many immunity challenges he can win like it's just like 
Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I honestly, I think the big thing for him is that, like, you literally can kind of see how it would work. I could even see the editing room discussions of being like, well, we can't just have him. Like, like I think we were like, it's going to be a coronation of Joe if he's going to win. I think we misread how that would work. Um, I think if Joe's going to win, they're not going to give a coronation because people will see it as overbearing. You can kind of just like slowly have him in the background be like, look, look, he's in danger. It's not rigged for him. Look, it's not like not even rigged, but like this isn't super advantageous for him, this format and everything. Look, it's totally not. He's in danger. Um, And then one day it's like, oh, he's no longer in danger. And like people kind of forget their preseason complaints. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I'm trying to look up like like second chances and worlds apart edgex because i feel like this isn't even too like out of the ordinary for joe like, no it isn't he's never like huge visibility like looking at the one i have now for uh second chances like a lot more positivity but it's not like he's the star of every episode and i don't Agreed. think he was that way in worlds apart either so really it's almost like they can just give him the same sort of like Oh, he joy amazings his way to eighth place edit, but then like he has a second chance. Like exactly. he has like the additional like way to get to the end. So Yeah, and I do think it is like I think this is like kind of an interesting thing that you're bringing up. Like I think people often in their minds have this idea that like the alpha male, like like Ozzy never has the most confessionals in the season. You know what I mean? Like it's never yeah. the uh, it, like this jungle boy archetype's always the fan favorite, but like very rarely is honestly dominating the story. Um, they usually honestly show up in the challenges, like have some confessional about how lovely they are, and then that's kind of it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. This really isn't that atypical at all. Um, and yeah, like the fact that he and maybe it even is more game focused than average if you really think about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think for me, Joe's like number three, probably. Uh, and think, that's mostly out of like, I really want these other people to win so much that I'm putting them above. I have them at number four. Four might be also a fair point. Later on in this tribe, we might get some things convinced and straightened <laughs> out. So. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, so let's so, just waste our time here talking about Julia. Um, uh. Yeah, we talked about pretty much everything she did, which, yeah. good for Julia, she did stuff. She's on this season. She's here to win. Maybe. Yeah, at this point, she's like, I feel like she's just going to get voted out. Like, she'll do well in a challenge and then get voted out. Like, yeah, she'll come Very second like, in a challenge or something. Like, early merge boot. Like, yes. part and parcel of the season progressing. And they've definitely tried to clue in to us that she's very naive um are there even idols out there is really her one piece of content and then now her second piece of content is getting kind of tricked by joe um that's pretty bad um mm-hmm. like i i don't think there's really much silver lining there um it's just like i don't know i and i think it we are supposed to take that she isn't as much of a threat as she thinks she is I think it's so hard because we watch this so religiously that I'm like, yeah, I know there's a Julie on this season, but she's not getting content, but I still know she's there. So like, it's hard to think of it from someone who is more 
casually viewing where they're like, it's weird that this girl just comes out of nowhere and is like, oh yeah, I am a threat and I need to think things through. Like, how would they think about it? And I think you're right. They might be like, I didn't even know you were on this season. Yeah. I think honestly, like if you're looking for like a general philosophy of that kind of stuff for casual people, I think it really is like, if they're not there, they're not doing anything. Yeah. It's like, you know what it is? It's like uh, musicians. Oftentimes you'll like, my mom will say like uh, blank has like Justin Bieber hasn't had a new song in a long time or whatever. Cause she only hears singles. She doesn't realize that it works that they release an album and maybe that album just didn't have any hit singles or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the, these yeah. people are still releasing music. It's just, maybe their singles aren't hitting the top. Um, these people are still doing things still on the episode, but uh, th- my mom would think that this is Julie's first hit single. Like the only song <laughs> she made. I mean, yeah. Um, so she's, I, featured, I, I, she's featured on Ron's looking in the bag song. Yeah. But this is her uh, breakout. Yeah. That's the thing is I, I really think that like, this is either viewed ironically and like, LOL, silly Julie. And I mean, I think we literally saw Joe be like, I'm going to go try and butter her up and then butters her up. And then we get her being like, I'm buttered up. Um, (laughs) But um, on the flip side, you could even say like, take that away, say, okay, she is a threat. I think this is code for, Hey, casual. She's going to leave like next. Yep. Yeah. It's Look, not... you can be in on the fun too. You predicted her as a challenge threat. Yeah, there's just no longevity. Like, no, we have our fun trying to figure out ways for everyone to make it to that winning spot. Like, I just can't see a way for Julia. Whereas, like, if you really made me like go for Aurora, I could be like, yeah, those early confessionals were her being stupid, and then she's gonna go to Edge of Extinction and have her like epiphany, like moment and turn into <laughs> a better player but like i can't even do that for julia like i can't even imagine the path forward because i think the thing is is aurora at least has a story it's a terrible one but it is a story yeah uh julia doesn't at all like mm-hmm. her story is like i guess if you really squint and pay really close attention she's friends with victoria that's it mm-hmm um, so it's pretty not good. I personally think that she's just gonna align with Joe, and that's why they kept her separate. Like, I actually think that's why we get Victoria being the spokesperson and like roping her in because I think Victoria probably did spend a lot of time with Julia, and now they're gonna have an awkward time when they aren't aligned at the merge, and like Julia's more with Joe. Oh um, yeah. I yeah, think it's one of those weird, awkward things. I think that's apt. Like, I think yeah. That's... Like, I think her mind actually changed here. You know what I mean? Like, I think she literally went from an anti-Joe person to a Joe person. What? How do you edit the person who changes their mind on their complete game on day, uh, like, 15? You, you yeah. basically keep them away as much as you can. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if we saw a bit more Julia, but just, like firmly team joe yes like, you know what i mean aurora is team joe and we still haven't seen any of her so well that's the thing is like i think i would not be surprised if julia actually does have a little bit of a breakout and it is very like kind of allison-y yes like allison-y exactly yeah um that's kind of what i expect whereas i do expect aurora is gonna stay quiet mm. um 
So I guess that's Julia. Next up, we have Julie, who is just a fascinating edit right now. Yes. Um, like, I know Victoria is, like, the star right now, but, like, Julie's obviously getting set up to be something big. And, like, if they just, like, vote out Julie randomly, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> yes. But, like, I fully expect Julie to be my favorite come the end of the season. I other than Victoria, I think I agree. Like she has these like um, cl- like the thing is like she's Julie is nothing if not very important and intentionally placed yes. all over the place. Um, she gets good content at the swap, gets good content now. People often last season said that Kara got a very Michelle style edit. I don't think that was remotely accurate. Julie's getting a pretty dang Michelle edit. Um, if you're gonna compare people. Where Julie literally just gets like game content randomly, like that doesn't like totally doesn't need to be shown. Um, if you really think about it, uh, which I don't think it means Julie's the winner. I think it means they like they think they have something really special with Julie, and they're yeah. keeping her hot. <laughs> keeping Julie hot. Uh, like like uh, like a, that's a spinoff we always needed of Survivor. Um. Yeah, I think last episode I was talking about how one of these tribes probably won't go to tribal council and they're doing interesting things with Victoria, if that's that person. Um, But Julie's got that edit where she's a big character, not a winner. I'm, I'm having some second thoughts. Like, I could see this as a competent pre merge edit for Julie, who didn't go to tribal council, but I still think she's just a big character. That I we, think so too really get to know throughout the merge and she's there in the end and yeah and actually like if you really think about it like julie isn't really any less visible than like sarah lacina like yeah if you're like another one who didn't go like until like right near the end um like julie is somebody who could have a huge breakout and then i think is in a serious winning contender list but i think right now i can see like at this point in Game Changers, I could see... Oh, wait, I can easily see how this transfers into a winner edit. Um, with Julie, it's like, okay, I can see it, but it takes a lot of leaps, and I can see the... Uh, I can see the Suri edit a lot more than I can see the winner edit. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest issue is she doesn't have any real relationships. Like, we know she's in the six, but she's not shown very close to anyone. She's kind of at odds with Ron as to making sure Joe goes. So. Yeah, she literally has, like, zero relationships. Like, this girl hasn't talked to anybody. Yeah. But I'm excited. I really, I liked her content. Like, Julie Important Character, 2019. 100%. And that's the thing. is like I think, like, I, I have to put her on my winner contender list because anybody who has a crafted story is better than a lot of these people who don't. Um, so like I I could see her winning. I think she can battle for fifth place. Yes, someone else, but we'll get to him later. Um, um, yeah, and like she does hit off a lot of these themes. Like she always she gets like the game body confessionals, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, like at the swap, she said something like a swap is always a time for new things to happen or something yeah which is a little bit generic but is enough to remind you like hey look her head's in the game Mm. 
I feel like I do see plenty of people being like, I didn't even know there was a Julie and a Julia in this game, and that's a little disconcerting. But Is that bad for Julie or Julia, though? I feel like both. Hmm. Like, really thinking about it, like, have they done enough to differentiate, like, Julie and Julia? Like... Not really, but I think it's, like, Julie has an insane premiere. You know what I mean? Like, Julie has a true pr- pretty perfect premiere um and that's how they introduce like sure like i, I don't know i for me i like it's i think this episode is sounding like i care a lot about the casual opinion i don't really like <laughs> how many casuals could name what happened in episode one of ghost island not many uh and i think that's why you saw a lot of like dominic support really early on it's like he talks a lot he blah 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 um they remember Dominic. So many people probably didn't remember anything about Wendell, but mm-hmm. the editors care, right? Like the, the like, because when you're editing something, you're thinking about like, oh, what was the winner doing at this point? Oh, he started the relationship with Dominic. Like, yeah. that's how this kind of stuff forms. Um, yeah. And Julie had, like, they took care with Julie at the start. They didn't try with Julia, right? Yep. I think I will say, I feel like we're heading towards some sort of edit where a lot of comma is going to fall pretty quickly. I agree. I think a lot of the Julie, like, anti-Joe content is to signify her, like, getting away from that as quickly as possible. Like, I agree. I, I think Joe's side is going to get ripped to shreds. Yeah. And it's just, how much does Joe's side entail? Yeah. Like, and I anyone don't... speaking about being on Joe's side is should be very <laughs> scared, I think. Yep. Um. So... Last week, I had a nightmare that Ron Clark was going to win, and I was like, nothing's convincing me that he isn't like, winning. That's silly. I could I could need some more convincing. And then this episode aired, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, nothing nothing could uh, convince me better than Ron Clark's content. Uh, then, he's not then I had a nightmare. <laughs> uh, I thought that first episode was really good for Ron Clark. I thought it was like a very nuanced look at you probably shouldn't get rid of your physical asset just because you think merge is coming up, especially if they're carrying your tribe like completely. And I thought that was really good. But it was literally like like everyone's saying like it's so dangerous to have this guy in the merge. Even the other tribes are saying that, you know what I mean? Like like <laughs> the other tribes are like Oh my god, imagine being that guy. Imagine having to deal with that guy at the merge. He's going to be impossible to take out. The returnees are going to be impossible to take out. By the way, Joe's a returnee. And then his reasoning is Joe fishes a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't even like, I'm going to, like, if, literally, if Ron Clark said, um, I'll hide behind Joe or. That's true. But I think it's not bad when you see Lesu in so much suffering. Like, you don't want to get rid of that. And have I your tribe turn it. I don't know. I, don't. I think but, Ron Clark couldn't last a while. Like he's definitely better than Aurora or Julia, but like I don't know. <laughs> I think knowing that he doesn't go to tribal council, like that makes me feel just better about everything that went on in Premerge for Ron. Like the biggest thing is his second episode in this two-parter where he got nothing yes that's terrible (laughs) but i don't know like 
I think we need to see how what he does in the merge. Like, if he does say, oh, yeah, Joe's still here, but I can hide behind him now while I reach out to... Yeah, and even if the story is something like Victoria really wants Joe out uh, and Ron's going to play, like, double agent or something, like, that yeah. works. Um, like, I don't want to say, like, I've disqualified Joe, or, <laughs> sorry, Ron. <laughs> I haven't. Like, I'm a lot lower than I am last week. Um, and I, but I do think I, the things I said last week still remain true, right? He does have a winner quote. He does have that advantage that hasn't popped back up. Um, there is a lot of goodness there, but a little worried. So, so I've been convinced. Thank you for convincing me. You're welcome. Um, next week you can convince me back. (laughs) That'll be fun. Um, but yeah, that's, is that all we have to say for Ron? I feel like yeah. that's all he did, so. Yeah, that's fine. We see why the dance is important now, because it's what Kama does every time they win. Yeah, and they win a lot, so they're like, oh, we gotta get this. Gotta get this out there. And so I guess that brings us over here to the Lesu tribe, our bunch of losers, more like the loser <laughs> tribe, am I right? Yep. Um, so, I, this... Obviously, episode one was basically them being like, we lived, woohoo! <laughs> like, uh, that kind of yeah. thing. And then episode two is more uh, messy. <laughs> um, yep. I think I'm pretty firm on, like, each of these has a pretty crushing flaw now that I'm just, like, not really considering any of them. Um, I'm considering one. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with David. Yeah, we'll start with David. I just want to affirm, holy amazing, David is such a good professionalist. Um, like, I really like this guy so much. Again, he's one of my all-time favorites. I love these GameBot kind of characters. Um, and Gabe, David's like the king of them, where he's a nice guy. He's not like a villain, but he's a he's a GameBot, and I think that's kind of fun. Um, this episode was pretty fun for him. I was really scared for him. Um, and I think he's, maybe this is a hot take before we get too much into the edit and storyline and everything. I think David's one of the greatest players of all time. And I think the fact that he's still here is like super proof of that. Um, Hmm. like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even think if they went to tribal, he necessarily would have gone. Um, so I think that's pretty, pretty dang incredible. Uh, but that said, David in this story is has gotten a new kind of growth edit, I think. Yeah, it's almost like part two, like growing even more. <laughs> is that how you're reading it, or like? Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like it's a different growth edit than before. He's like because he's not scared of the world. Like, like, like. Okay, so like. Millennials version X is kind of the story of how David and his paranoia of the outside world, the paranoia of everything, makes him a, a flawed person but equipped to play Survivor well. But he slowly erodes that and becomes just like a confident person. Now he's a confident person who's now not paranoid of the world and not anxious and everything, but he's uh, unfulfilled with his accomplishments. Yeah. So that's like, it's like a different style of growth. Yeah, it's much more like detached from the game. Like, because for all intents and purposes, he's been playing a 
like great game so far. It's just like all of his growth is just being a good person and like going from there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I could see David winning. Like, it kind of makes sense, but um, not quite. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's he'd be on like he'd he's like he's on there on the edge of extinction like he's the one of the last dodo birds there like clinging for life on my contenders mm-hmm. list, um, just because like there are so many problems like his story isn't super great like I think it's nice that like his get Kelly Wentworth story out get Kelly Wentworth out story has like changed into this now we're working together yes i think that's an interesting turn i'm still not sure if that's like good for his future though it really could be like i think this episode's really really good for his chances because like i think his biggest problem is that his number one ally got voted out so it's like oh great see them back together on edge of extinction but like if rick comes back david and kelly are now a duo rick and david are now a duo like David's now in both, in my opinion, the complex relationships of the game. That's when David's stock rises like crazy, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, I think he is in the survivor rating room, um, where the biggest problem with his edit was how focused it was on Kelly. And now it has some context. So that's pretty good. Um, the problem is we're needing like this. We're needing like, like this is the end of the chapter. Um, but we need like that. We need that page on of chapter two to know like, like the first page to know like what's chapter two going to be about. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Like, it could go very different ways based on how this merge episode goes. Which it feels like we say that about everyone. I feel like that every time there's, episode, but I feel David is a ex- particularly strong example of like. If it goes one way, like, yeah, boost him up. If it goes the other way or several subpar ways, like, probably not. So, And I think one thing I want to say about David is he, he he's here for the long haul, I think. Like, yeah, I really think he's, like, I think that prophecy of, like, fifth or fourth is at least, he's at least going to par that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I really can't see him leaving before, like, sixth place. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that. Which, again, is, like, really good. Like, if somebody has some chance of winning, and they're probably at least in the fifth, like, that's why I can't really disqualify him, because he has a shit ton of longevity. He now has a pretty cool bond. Um, I pu- I'd put him above Kelly in terms of winning. Oh, for sure. So, that's the thing. Is like, anytime you have this, this hyper-complex duo, like, uh, you, you should be at least really considering the more viable one. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I really guess a lot of my problems did center on him being so Kelly-centric, like wanting to get her out. And now that he's not doing that, like maybe there's a path to the end. I I think I'll need more convincing. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is he has clearly identified his narrative as like cuttable at Final Four. <laughs> like, yeah. That's true. Um, but I do think, honestly, like, k- kudos to the editors for, like, 
having that story form where it's like this is the birth of a duo i think that was pretty cool yeah in an episode all about lasute doubting each other Mm -hmm. we get the people who doubt each other the most uh, coming together really strong very true yep so that's probably good for david we'll move here to uh miss kelly wentworth uh who continues to just uh, like be the mean version of kelly yeah, she's like such a Stephanie LaGrosa this season. Like she really is. Just not saying the right things. And like you could obviously make it so she doesn't not say the right things. Mm-hmm. She says she doesn't say the wrong things. Um, but they're just making her say things like David's practically a female or like War Dog is psycho. Yeah. Like it's just not good looks. Like yeah, like, really, has she said anything particularly nice about anybody? Uh, and I think when you think about that, it's like, not really. No. Like, she likes, like, literally last episode, last week, she says, I really like Lauren, but I'm worried how weak she is. Like, yeah. <laughs> even when she's positive, she's pretty negative. Um, It's very, like, just about me. She keeps saying, like, you gotta kill or be killed, gotta kill or be killed, only one of us is gonna win the war, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's a super negative edit, like not in terms of tone, in terms of like pessimism. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of her edit focuses around how bad, like her tribes are, and I don't think that's a good look either. Like Kelly in despair. Like I don't know. It makes her a good scene, but it doesn't really spell out a winner. I think so. I agree, and I mean, like, there are some things working for her, like, if this season is about people who are the underdogs or whatever, like, Kelly's obviously in a good spot for that, but, like, I I think all it takes is thinking back four seasons or whatever, five seasons, and being like, um, okay, so Kelly was an underdog in her last season, and I really loved her, like, and she had so many funny things to say, and, like, this time, she's an underdog, and I don't like her, like... Yep. And she's mean all the time and she keeps making these like rude facial gestures and <laughs> like they don't have to show that. Like I'm sure she said a lot of mean things in uh Cambodia too. Yeah. Like I don't know, it's not like the worst thing, but you can just tell this is how she is as a person, like mm-hmm. how she like describes people and like so she's obviously doing it all the time, but they're not always showing it. So and that's the thing is like with returnees, like you can compare them to the other season. And Kelly and Cambodia looked a lot more like a winner than this does, I think. Um, at least something they'd want they'd want to be as a winner. Uh, and clearly, she has both gears, so uh, they can dress up. They can dress up. Uh, like even if she is a little bit more of a negative person, they can dress her up to be more positive. Even if she is more negative on this one, um, mm-hmm. that's the thing. And I, I think they have been kind to her, edit wise, in terms of like not digging into her. But I kind of think that's coming. Yeah, it feels like somewhere. I mean, it's weird because I think we're headed more towards War Dog being the really negative one on this side of things. Yes. But it feels like Kelly's just right behind. So. I agree. Um, and I, I assume they'll work with, like, she'll work with uh, Joe. You think so? They're like friends in real life. Okay. 
And, like, th- she talks so much about the returnees and stuff. Like, I-, I feel like the story makes sense. And then, like, what I know from just outside the game, like, also makes sense. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's probably good for Kelly. Yep. I'd actually, I think this is kind of an interesting person to have next. Um, as we're talking about the Kelly and Joe thing, uh, Lauren lists Joe and Kelly as her favorite people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how in every challenge, Lauren is not afraid to like yell at her tribe mates. Just like. War talk! <laughs> yeah. Just like, not even when they're like doing anything particularly bad, just like really like aggressively like into it and it's like great um lauren i would say had some pretty good episodes like idol find did she find an idol lauren no kelly found an idol no Kel- uh, lauren lauren found one oh you mean these two episodes yes <laughs> okay yeah sorry i thought you meant in general yeah yeah, yeah. i agree <laughs> Yeah, these two, like, my problems with Lauren stem to previous episodes, where I just don't think it was as strong as I wanted to see for Lauren, so. Yeah, like, I think, like, these are, like, good, like, I don't know, like, the thing for Lauren is that she is presented as, like, an aggressive female, um, I do think she is intentionally being set up as very similar to Kelly, um, I think this is like Lauren is supposed to be the Wentworth of this season. Um, like you even like even if you just think about the like in this season, how Kelly and Lauren are different. Like Lauren's mm-hmm. the one who gets to talk about her family and how she wants to prove herself, and yeah, Kelly's the one who calls people psychos. Like, uh, like Lauren looks a lot more like Kelly Wentworth did in Cambodia than Kelly Wentworth does. Um, I think that's pretty good for her. Uh, we get like she's a strong person. She never cries except for now. Cause she's an underdog. Um, mm-hmm. her being hungry doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I think that feels like an intentional red herring more than anything. Yeah. And I mean, it'll all be solved at the merge. So <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like it is a little worrying that war dog is like all Lauren talks about is food. Like that's a little bad, but like, and I don't think Dog's, it's that bad. War dog's not too reliable. Well, exactly. Like war dogs anymore on people. <laughs> like we'll get to war dog, but uh, yeah, it's weird to see like a strong middle of the road positive edit again for a female. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just I get why people think Lauren is a really really strong contender, but I think you need to if you are thinking that and you have the time, go back and look at some of those like the second and third episode where she really has nothing to do with how the vote transgresses. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just not an entity there. If Lauren's winning, it's not an impressive win. Like, it's not a... That might be a little rude. Um, like, <laughs> how do I put it? It's like... Hey, Kelly. Kelly Wentworth. <laughs> it's not as impressive as my fourth place in the Survivor <laughs> Second Chances, full of all-time great players. But, no, um... Like, I don't know. I think the thing is what I'm trying to say is, like, if Lauren's winning it is, like, a middle-of-the-road positive Yeah, it's win, not flashy. It's like a Fabio. You know what I mean? Like, um... Okay, it's that's a, win... a little rude. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know I, mean? I get what you're saying, though. Like, it's not gonna be game-focused, because yeah. if she wins and it's not game-focused, like, 
then that explains why she's not talking about the votes at all. Like she really does not talk about the votes ever. Um, yeah. Which is bad, but like she does have some story outside of that that's vaguely game based. Um, specifically, she's not as weak as people think she is, or whatever. Um, I feel like she's a strong contender for fourth place. Yes, I. If I'm gonna mark down where she's placing, I would mark down fourth place, like forged in a fire. You know what I mean? Like. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I still have. She's again one of those people, like ba- like in contention she's she's my number one on this tribe um yeah if more people get faults like when ron actually has a bad episode or something like maybe yeah like, don't call him back up but like i wouldn't be surprised if she sneaks into like being number one at one point but uh i think honestly this is just our sad tribe i don't think this is gonna be a winner tribe mm-hmm. um and may I th- wouldn't be surprised if the winner flips to these people or something like that. Um, you know what I mean? Like if they are kind of like Foa Foa esque, but if Foa Foa doesn't have the winner, um, something like that. Because yeah. I don't know. Like there's there's a weirdness here with this tribe in general. Um, and- it's weird to have them go into the merge being like, we all don't like each other. <laughs> yeah. Like think about like like. Think to yourself about Samoa and how that season enters the merge where it's like, like literally like we'll do anything. Like we'll fight super hard for each other. Like now we have Shambo. Like, like it, it was just different. You know, like it was like what, like the power of Foa Foa or Matt Singh or whatever has is like, despite being the minority, we trust each other more than anybody else. We have a closer bond than anybody else. We we forged this relationship in fire, and nothing's gonna stop us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This tribe does not have. That. Yeah. And the I two four same way, right? Like. Yeah. What's crazy about this is they've voted on the same line so many times too. Like mm-hmm. they should be all together, but they're not. Like, the whole, like, last episode was about how much they love each other and how sad it is they have to vote someone out. And now they're, like... I'm not going to rush for Wardog. Yeah. So, crazy. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, it's... That's the thing, is I think this is... I think this is, like, kind of, like... This reminds me just so much of Malolo. You know what I mean? Like, we're gonna... Like, like, (laughs) just because something sympathetic doesn't mean it's gonna have the winner. Um, Yeah. And I think this is just one of those sympathetic tribes. That probably does better than Malolo, though, but probably not yeah. by too much. Yeah, it feels more patchy. Like, they could be a little spread out over votes, but... Yeah, like I feel like we're going to get a War Dog boot, and then we're going to get Joe's side get exterminated. What? But I thought War Dog was winning. I, I know, like, shocking! Shall we, shall we move on to Yeah, him? we'll move on to War Dog. The seemingly internet fan favorite last week. Oh man! Um, that we I think like one episode or one episode uh, early were managed to be like abort abort. Yeah, like I was like validation when this yeah. like happened. I don't know. I like, really thought we were getting a war dog boot. Like yeah, both of them. Like we predicted a roar and war dog. Neither of them went, but. The seeds were there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, Wardog had a really quiet first episode. 
with like just some like residual positivity from being like on that tribe that actually won an immunity challenge mm-hmm. and then just like terrible second episode yeah like that second episode was like horrible and like not even just for the episode like it literally like reframed his narrative like um he goes from like the guy who's calling the shots every round to like he's the guy who sits by himself and crunches numbers all day yeah like it makes you rethink all the other episodes where he looked good Mm -hmm. but the weird thing is even though like how he's perceived changed he still called the vote like he Mm -hmm. was like we're going to vote Wendy and they're not going to go to rocks for Wendy. So they'll vote Wendy. And, and we even exactly... get like the weirdest confessional ever from Miss Kelly Wentworth, who says, Oh my God, War dog talked over us again. Didn't listen to us again, but he's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and listen, like lists off why uh, she agrees with him. Like, like it's very rare that someone's like gets validated, but then like roasted, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm not sure what exactly is going to happen to War Dog. Like, I guess he has merge boot potential. It's a weird, like, season for that. Like, I can't tell you who's going merge-wise, but... It could be War Dog. Uh, if I was going to bet, I'm guessing it's War Dog, but I could also see him cling around as, like, a losing finalist kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't know, like... Because he he see he does have a lot of story baked into him, but it, he doesn't really have longevity. But like, he could like he doesn't. Ha- I don't think he has an expiration date necessarily. Like some of these people do. Mm. Like I would say, like Julia has an expiration date of like the final eight. Like she's not making yeah. it past there. Like um, Aurora probably the same way. Um, I'd say I would say War Dogs earlier than later. I think. Yeah, I, just don't, I feel like because one of the things we're looking for is like a sort of Ben style personal content bit, and he never got that. And I feel like that leads more towards he's just a big character who goes out early in the merge rather than. Well, he did get around. like the like he did get the one where he's like, "I'm I was made to play this game," kind of thing. Yeah, I guess that's true, but uh, um, but yeah, I don't know the same power, which I guess. If he's not winning, you don't give that to him, but Yeah, that's like he doesn't get the Ben style thing, but yeah. <laughs> like, Ultimately uh... I think I'm just glad that like I didn't I did never fall for it. Like and I yeah. could still be wrong. Like watch War Dog win and then I'll be like, Well, I I get comp- What'd you say? Getting compared to Tony though is very good. You know what I mean? Like mm... Was, you don't think so? I think it's too late. Like yes. it feels he's getting compared to Tony for bad reasons. Yeah, especially with the like flipping all the time and we're like, wait, what? Like Yeah. <laughs> you haven't established these relationships, so I don't realize he's flipping. That's not how they would tell the story of War Dog winning. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, is um granted, War Dog is one of like the okay, so I guess as we're um uh, sundowning or whatever the uh, Lasso tribe. The one thing I think they have going for them, I think any of these people would make captivating and realistic people to get voted out and come back. 
specifically yes. War Dog. Like I think War Dog really could get voted out, come back and win. Um, I think he's getting voted out pretty soon, but like I do think the Lasso Tribe, if the winner's from Edge of Extinction, the winner's probably on the Lasso Tribe. Hmm. Like Victoria isn't getting voted out and coming back and winning. Yeah, but yep. War Dog could. Or Kelly could, or you know what I mean? Um, like Eric isn't getting voted out, coming back and winning. Like I, I don't think anybody on OG Kama except Aubrey could come back and win, mm-hmm. or Joe. Yeah, I think you're right. But this Lasso tribe could, and that's where the sympathetic part is the most dangerous. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Right, like if you think about it, like. Like any of these people who, because I think the biggest thing in favor of like, the reason I'm leaning in OG comma wins is that their stories were developed in the background very clearly to make it to now, um, to have merge content because they're clearly going to dominate the merge. Blah blah blah. Like Julie's a great example of that. Uh, mm-hmm. That story doesn't work if it gets cut short, and then it's the story of them coming back. It just doesn't. Um, it that. If the winner's on Edge of Extinction, it is going to be front-loaded, so it is going to be one of these Lasso people. I will say Julie is probably the one person I forgot. I think Julie could go out early and have her big moments on Edge of Extinction. Yes. I mean, I don't really think that's likely, but I think that's more likely for her winning than not winning. But Yeah, maybe. Like, Julie is maybe the one exception there. But, yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, with Edge of Extinction, it is hard, because I think this is, like, this Lusu tribe I don't think is the complex tribe. I think it is the sympathetic tribe. The problem is this theme inherently is pretty good for uh, people on a sympathetic tribe. So yeah. that's, I guess, our caveat there. I think we're all, both of us are pretty low on the Lusu tribe, but uh, the minute these people get voted out, I'm going to have to be like, oh, like, is this whatever? But I do yeah. think Rick is still above all of them. Yes, definitely. Um, and it'll be like, oh, we're so sad that we voted Rick out. We were never the same after that. He was our glue, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, that's what I'm thinking, but that's the caveat there. Okay. Uh, shall we move on to the Manu tribe? Sure. Two casualties. Yeah, I think these three that are left have a seriously good shot um, between them. Uh, one of them less so, but uh, like even the one who doesn't, I think it's an okay shot. Um, I think he's around for a while. Yeah. I think all these three people are probably making it pretty deep. Yeah. Um, so Let's basically start. their story was about waking up um, and kind of reintroducing at least two of them to the audience. Hmm. I'll have to see which two you're talking about, but I guess one. Reintroducing, we'll we'll get to it. So we yeah. start here with Eric, who like was an early favorite, right? Like episode one, everyone's like, oh, most obvious Eric win of all time. Yeah. And then he went on the back burner, and then people were like, wait a minute, Gavin's probably more likely to win. He he got a little bit more. Um, and I think at this point we can firmly say Eric is. If one of these two's winning, it's gonna be Eric. Yep. Yeah. Like And I think it's poss- I think it's 
quite likely. Um, he got really good content in this episode. Um, obviously, he's only got to travel twice. One of them was a complete crapshoot. Um, mm. And I, I think they didn't know how to edit that episode anyway, so I, it doesn't really mean much to me. Um, but Eric got to reintroduce himself, reintroduce his relationship with Gavin, um, sort of show his desires for the game. He, On paper, he really has all the check boxes filled. Uh, we know he's a firefighter. We know he wants to hide behind Joe. We know that he wants to take out the returnees. He does that here. Um, like, really, he has all the, like, check marks of, like, kind of, like, the type B winner. The problem is he is, like, a big buff dude, but... Yeah, he's, like, should be type A any day of the week. Um, he's kind of boring, though. Like, I kind of get it, like... <laughs> I don't know. Like, his thing where he was, like, we're gonna catch the chickens for the eggs was pretty... That was he seems like a funny guy. Like he does seem like a funny guy. Like um I thought his confession I actually like uh, full disclosure I fully expected the episode title to be like an alarm clock that goes off at any point or whatever. Yeah. Um that was a good line. Um and like that's the thing is like I I really could see Eric winning. Um in his cuz it's he does feel like he is in the survivor waiting room, but he is getting enough content to still justify it um he has something like 10 confessionals um which is pretty dang high for this season um it doesn't seem like it should be that high for eric yeah that's true i don't know i just i think after the really quiet spot on episodes two and three it really spooked me on eric and I don't know. Just didn't feel like he had the right swap episode either. Mm-hmm. So it was very chicken focused. It was very chicken focused. And again, and he talked about being hungry in this episode as one of his main. Maybe him and Lauren are going to team up. <laughs> steal food. <laughs> I mean, it's super possible. Like, it's a story about hunger or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'm like, I think the fact that Eric and Gavin continue to have this like weird behind the scenes relationship kind of show that sounded disgusting um like uh Not disgusting you don't know them <laughs> no no, <laughs> no I, I, it, it sounded like you know what i mean it Weird. sounded like yes yeah, yeah. yeah. um like they have like a it sounds, it sounds like they're having sex behind like the cameras or but um <laughs> like i i mean like they are developed they continue to develop this yeah. duo but like in the background you know what i mean um yeah. Like, yeah, Gavin yeah. literally says, I'd go to the rocks for Eric, I hope he'd do the same for me. Like, that's a pretty clear way to say, hey, look, we're a duo. Um, and again, they were established in episode one. They are one of one of the most, at Reddit, uh, developed relationships in the game. Uh, and it's for two people who are kind of quiet. They usually don't develop uh, super tight pairs of, like, quiet file nine boot you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know he was the one who i had in fifth place like sort of battling for that spot with julie uh, i think i might put julie over him yeah i could see that i think one of the big problems i have with um manu now is they got no pre immunity challenge content on that second episode yeah that was horrible but I've kind of validated it to myself by being like, well, it was a double episode. 
So we saw them obviously first episode. And it's just like But I personally I think this is two episodes. Um Okay. Cause I, I think, think it, if you're treating this as one episode, like I think Lauren should be dis- just out of the picture if this is one episode because uh this is just a quick aside. And in the first episode, she says, David's obviously going. Uh, me, Wardog, and Kelly are so close. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then in episode two, she's like, I don't like Wardog. Um, if you th- if you imagine a week between those, that works. Okay. Um, I think if the it's together, it's a kind of disjointed nightmare. Hmm. But maybe you're right. Like, I'd, I'd love to uh, still be able to consider these people as high. I, I would agree it's dangerous to assume, though. Yeah. Um, and personally, in this one case, with this... Like, there really wasn't much pre-tribal content in this episode. Part two. Yeah, and I think you knew exactly what Manu was going to do. Like, to the point you didn't need a, like, coming back from tribal scene to be like, yeah, we did that, but now we got Wendy to get rid of just in case, so... Yeah. Yada yada yada. That's the thing, and like even like like the Kama tribe basically just got like Joe's cool. Um the Lasu tribe was what happened on the Lasu tribe before the tribal or the immunity? Um It was I think they just talked more about David's idol thing was in the first part. They talked about War Dog not being great at the challenge and yeah, just how bad he was. So yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't think this was a super like particularly important one to miss. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, that's the thing. I, I'm not going to factor it in too much. Maybe that's stupid, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. Me either. It's not I like think... it's a consistent pattern for these people. Like it is for war dog, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. it sort of decided my one and two. And I was like, it's not enough of a factor to prevent this person from getting one. So cool. 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 That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Eric, like the thing is, is like the number one, um, uh, like a bingo board for next week. If Joe or sorry, if Eric gets in confessional and says, Hey, I'm excited to be back with Joe. Um, I'm going to hide behind, like my plan from the start was to hide behind his big meaty shoulders or whatever. Uh, he's my meat shield. Um, I'm glad he's still here. We took out Aubrey like I wanted. If he says that, mark this guy down like pretty high, like really high high chance to win. Um, because that is the narr like he literally like narrated what happened in the pre merge for his tribe in episode one. Like, gonna keep Joe around as a threat. Yeah, take out Aubrey. Um, because she's too much of a strategic threat. Um, and then work with Gavin. Uh, you know, like he literally like narrated it. Um, mm-hmm. So if he gets to redo that, I think, like, really the sky's the limit there. That then again, I could also see a very quiet episode for him and just. Yeah, I think the weirdest thing is that even though he's been in all the pre-merge with Victoria, like, they I don't know if they've mentioned each other other than Victoria being the six. Like yeah, like you saw them talking in this, but I don't. Like, I don't think that's bad for Eric per se. I think it means it's one of Eric or Victoria we're supposed to focus on and the other is just like there. I agree. And maybe even they're just not super important to one another in the game. Yeah. Um, 
That's fine. Um, so I guess that's good for Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we'll go on to Gavin, who, like, we Uh-oh. both had, like, the most obvious winner of all time, episode one and two. Yeah. Um, rip Gavin. Yeah, he's drawn pretty dead right now. Just, like, not enough. Like, he's now gone to Tribal and still didn't get enough to keep him afloat. And Yeah, it, I believe of, after this episode, he has three confessionals. Yeah, that's not great. None of the, like, discourses from his perspective. It's Eric or Victoria mm-hmm. or Aubrey. Like, he gets little, he gets to chime in, but it's not good. So... And, like, even the things that I've been, like, kind of giving him an excuse for, and that, like, he keeps getting these weird mentions of being a super fan. Like, Jeff asks him about the swap, like, uh, has this ever happened before? Or, you know what I mean? Like, it, it keeps popping up in, like, weird ways. Even in this one, he's like, as a fan of Survivor, like, uh, you sign up to do rocks, I guess. Um, yeah. That's starting to wane. Like, he's somebody who needs a CPP5 merge episode to be in contention. No, I- I think that would be just just as bad, like because it's such a sharp turn. Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I the problem is his winning would be a pass the torch edit, and no one Eric's not visible enough to pass the torch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's my worry. Is like, there's no one from to grab the torch from. Right. I think. We have seen him as the super fan, but we also have to remember that even as super fan, they don't always win. Yeah. Like that can be their role. And it's a good thing sometimes, but it doesn't mean you're winning. So, and like yeah. it, it could also be kind of an excuse. Like, it, like Gavin could very much be our journey at it. Um, hmm. Like, I'm just here for the good time. It's um, a very boring journey. <laughs> it is, yeah, very boring journey. Um, <laughs> I and to... I don't know. I guess for me, I don't know if you agree with this. I think Gavin is a lock for finale night. Yeah, he feels like a Davy or a Sebastian. Yeah, like... or a Donathan. Yeah, just like, like there. It just seems like he's gonna be there, um, which bodes well for the other two Manu people. I think, like, yeah. Um, weirdly enough. Gavin's edit is one of the best things for Eric. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, Gavin hasn't said much, but he said enough that it's pretty good for whoever he's working with. Yeah. Like, we know where he's from. We know that he really wants to win. He's a super fan. Um, he's from a town that doesn't have much people, like, not much hope going for it, and he wants to bring hope to them. Um,. And like, like that being tied to Eric's actually pretty good, especially if they're like, "Oh, Eric's a little boring. Like he's our winner. Like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> throw him the uh, country guy." Yeah, but yeah, that's probably good for Gavin. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, not as I wouldn't eliminate him though. Actually, would you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. I'm gonna take a bold stance and be like, "No, if Gavin wins, like I think." <laughs> pretty bad like i just honestly i could realistically see the like like i don't really like the type b like narrative thing like i i don't think it's super real thing but i could see gavin just being the like 
he's nice and a super fan, and Kelly was mean, and you got voted out, returnee. Like, <laughs> I do think, like, if he wins, like, this is the sort of edgic pre-merge that people come back and, like, like look, this can happen, don't you know? So... Yeah. I don't want it to happen just for that because it opens too many doors, I think. It would be a nightmare. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's that. Um, so somebody who I think on the other side, I think we're both super high on this person. Um, I think this breakout character of the season, without a doubt. Um, the Wendy. person who... Yeah, oh, Wendy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Aubrey. <laughs> uh, uh, like, honestly, like, Victoria has, I think, carried these episodes um she's so entertaining she has such a cool energy and her edit's pretty dang good yes i think she feels very unique like she looks like someone we haven't seen before but she's also just is someone we haven't seen before and like it is very fresh and like we said way earlier in the episode just the way she is like frank about her gameplay and like separating personal relationships from the strategy of it all I think mm-hmm. that's very intriguing, and I like seeing it. Yeah, like, it's just so, like, and she has, like, a great confessional delivery style, where it's, like, yeah, my entire tribe, like, the conversation has just been about, like, drawing rocks, and, like, like we've all come to the agreement that we're gonna draw a rock. Not me, though! Don't trust me, <laughs> man! Like, that's so, like, it, it takes a level of, like, um, presence and performance ability to be able to be, like, I can picture this sentence as a confessional and how it would be aired. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, she isn't just rambling. Like that's a bit, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's really clever. Um, mm-hmm. And she just has this awesome energy. Like I said, she reminds me of Sandra a lot, specifically Pearl Island, Sandra. Um, I, I really say necessarily sandra my my apprehension with victoria is that sometimes she like tinges on negative yes like episode three obviously she like got caught by joe talking about her not really talking about that it's in these two episodes the way she talks is very like a cpn villain like she didn't quite get to cpn but like it felt like that however i think that's not something we haven't seen winners do before is be Mm -hmm. a little like sneaky and like, yeah, I need to be sneaky to win. And I think that is what we're getting from Victoria. And it's probably why I'm so high on her is like, she feels very intentionally playing the game to win. I agree. And I think it's really good. Like we have our theme of, the benefits of being an aggressive woman or whatever, like some, like some sort of positive message about aggressive women. And like Lauren is like the quote unquote spokesperson for that. Mm -hmm. I think Victoria is getting a lot of mileage from that theme too of like, yeah, she's not like, she's not dominating the challenges, but she's dominating greatest of all time player Aubrey. Yeah. Um, and like, the second person visibility from Aubrey in this episode was incredible for Victoria. Like, I don't think you could edit the Aubrey boot better for Victoria. Yeah. It did feel almost a little like Morgan to Libby. Like, don't trust the pretty blonde girl at times. Mm -hmm. But like, um, Aubrey wasn't like against her. Aubrey was laudatory of all of Manu, but it was obviously very targeted at, her good friend Vic. So. Yeah. 
Like literally like you guys are amazing players or whatever. Um Yeah. And that's the thing is like when you and then when you start thinking about the game as a whole, Victoria's the one who lists at six person alliance. Victoria affirms to us she's a super fan and people don't know it. Um in a little bit sneaky terms of like I got a survivor buff from Santa. Mm-hmm. Um like there's just a lot of things that have been handled very like cleverly with her edit. Um yeah. so they're thinking about it a lot. Um my fear is there's a good chance Victoria gets uh I think twist fucked by like okay, so in this episode she said in that confessional we were talking about where she's like, um, you shouldn't trust me, man. I hope that's like the part like where it seems like the confessional ends, but she continues to talk over the footage a little bit. It's like, and it seems like no one's figured that out yet. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you should never trust me, man, but people haven't figured that out. Um, I think there's a real good shot that whoever comes back, we get a scene before, of Aubrey being like, listen, Victoria is one of the scariest players I've ever seen. Um, like, she can do, like, she made me look like a dummy. Like, be, be scared of Victoria. And then we ended up seeing Victoria out next week. That's true. I didn't think about that. In which case, she's a winner in my heart anyway, because uh, that's a total fucking, you know what I mean? Like, that's total, like... Like, to me, if Victoria leaves because of what Aubrey says on Edge of Extinction, whether that's her coming back or someone else coming back and knowing this about Victoria, either way, that's, like, a royal twist screw, in my opinion. Yeah. That's, like, just because it's the first season, no one's expecting this. Like, it's it's not Big Brother. You don't have to expect the unexpected. Like, you should know it's Survivor. And yeah. I guess it's okay to do this twist, but like, if it messes up a player, it's not really fair. So and like, all it does really is like, so Victoria gets punished for what aggressive gameplay, like uh, choosing to do an interesting thing instead of just voting at Wendy. Just like honestly, good pre-merge gameplay. Like you're yeah. sticking with people who trust you more. Like, you're deceiving the person who's getting voted out so they don't do anything because they can do stuff to make it not happen. Yeah, and, like, like the jury is, like, kind of a um, a system that makes that kind of stuff a little tricky, right? Yes. Because you you do optimally want to blindside people because there's idols, etc. Or even just people to th- throw, like, throw mud at you when they realize they're going home. Um, so the jury kind of makes that kind of complicated. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is even more, so like, if you're thinking about, okay, so it's, if you're going to blindside someone ruthlessly, you got, you want to try and do it pre-merge because it doesn't come back on you. That's the whole point of doing aggressive things in the pre-merge. If you're punishing people for that, like, and, and then you're begging, like being like, why does Aurora and all these people keep coming on the cast and just like not doing anything? Well, that's your answer survivor. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. Like, why? Like, if I if I'm on Survivor 39, like, why would I ruthlessly blindside somebody pre-merge? If I'm like, oh well, I'll get caught. <laughs> like, yeah. So yep. that's the thing. Um, I personally like. I have. I think I have her number one. Sure, I have her number yeah. one. She's um, my number one. Like. 
battling out with Rick, but I think overall, it's yeah, Victoria more than Rick. If Rick comes back next week, I'd have him above her, but I'm a little scared he doesn't come back, so that's why yeah. I have her above him. But and same with Aubrey too. Like, I, like I don't know. Um, but like the thing is. I'm scared that I can see so many negatives with her, and I think, honestly, if I didn't like her so much, she would not be my number one, but I, I, I no one else is at the level, like, it hits the cross-section of is likely enough, slash I'm not gonna hate. Yeah, I think it can twist very quickly into a villainous way, but right now it's not there, and I see yes. some really good things, so I'm latching on to that. Um, and I don't know, I guess the, her biggest problem is like, she needs to get a friend. Yeah. I mean, like, but like Sarah Lucina didn't have a friend. And if, if Victoria (laughs) is winning, Sarah Lucina is probably her closest modern analog. Yeah. It feels very close, actually. Like almost similar trajectories. Yeah, like if you think about the uh, Sarah talking about getting Sierra Don Thomas's uh, legacy advantage, and Victoria um, not going to rocks, like it's almost the same delivery. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> like it's almost like the same thing. Where it's like this is a really negative thing to do, but it's presented like like ah, funny kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like a good thing. Yeah, like, like it's like I'm gonna ruthlessly blindside this person who has hope in me, uh, and is just clinging on for survival. I want that advantage, ah! <laughs> like, um, and like it'd be so easy to present that as like a vile thing to do, you know what I mean? Like, yep. So it's pretty good that she's getting presented that way, um, and even that earlier in the episode, she gets to say like, I don't care about people's feelings. Bad for her jury chances, but yeah, yeah. So that that's probably good for Victoria. Um, so we move on here. Well, let's start with Aubrey, Aubrey. who had. If you're gonna get blindsided with an idol and an advantage, this might be the best episode you could possibly ask for to be yeah. blindsided with an idol and an advantage. It felt very like she was considering everything and just it just didn't work out this time. Not like, yeah. what a dope, what a JT, like went out with your idol. Like she mentions it, but it's different. It's not edited that way at all. Yeah. Like before the JT tribal, you were laughing at JT because yes. you didn't get his insight. Like you didn't get why he thinks this is going to work. You know what I mean? Like, like, if correct me if I'm wrong, the JT Tribal Council was literally the episode with the sugar. Yep. Yeah, like it was literally presented. He thinks they're gonna vote out Michaela because she stole the sugar, and we were shown she didn't steal the sugar. Why would it even matter if she did? This is a strategic game, not one about sugar. Um, yeah. So you have like Sandra, Michaela, and Jeff Varner being like, "What a dope! We're going to vote him out." And inside, like JT obviously is. <sighs> in the dark. Aubrey's also there, but she doesn't know anything, which is weird. But, like, on this one, there wasn't that. Like, the other four obviously all knew what they were doing, but they didn't lampoon Aubrey for any of it, so... Yeah. 
and like they didn't even get a chance. Like, yeah, if, you, if you're imagining what their confessionals are that didn't get aired, they probably are kind of making fun of Aubrey. Yeah, and they don't get aired. Um, instead, we just see like how, the way I was kind of conceptualizing it was like, um, this is the way to show. Hey, look, a blindside can happen to anybody, even someone as good and smart as Aubrey. It isn't her fault she got blindsided. Hmm. I think so. I don't know. I'm just still so stuck on episode two. That's that's this. That's the payoff for here. I think. I really. She did cause her own demise. She did. Yeah. So, okay, so I guess my thing is, I think what it's saying is, like, okay, Aubrey's a great player who got off on the wrong foot, and when that happens, there's no way for you to possibly get out of it. She was in a hole that she couldn't have dug herself out of. Or even, maybe not even that, but, like, look, this is why somebody could mess up like this. There's empathy given to her, right? Um, Storytelling empathy. Um but I do think the weirdness that we've been commenting all season of like, okay, so she is super negative and then all of a sudden is like positive. She's a viper in the grass, but she's over the top negative five. Like, mm-hmm. there's been this whiplash. Well, I think it's because they're telling two stories. It's how she leaves, how how she ends up getting voted out, but then how she rises above that afterwards. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, we need to see. I just yeah. don't have, like, a lot of faith that she's coming back. Like... I guess you could say that, like, it's likely that... Like, it's possible that this comeuppance and, like, uh, second part of the story is just on Edge of Extinction. hmm Like, to be honest, if Rick wasn't there, I would be probably having Aubrey in my Winter Contenders list. But I just yeah. think Rick's more likely to come back. Yeah. Um, but like the two people come back, right? Like, yeah. Um, oh, there's always that chance for the second one. I don't know. It's tricky because it's so weird for Aubrey to have this quick turnaround. Like she gets voted on the first part of a double episode, so we're processing that, and then the second episode is our only chance to be on edge of extinction before mm-hmm. she could theoretically come back. So, I don't know. I kind of feel like it might be the second one and not the first. I could definitely see her coming back on the second Edge of Extinction thing. I would predict that more than the first. But I don't know. I could also see... That's the thing. is like It's so hard to predict, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I do think there is a foundation there for Aubrey to make it to the end of this game. Don't think... I really don't think she's going to win, but um, I'd be scared to completely not consider it. Um, hmm. She is a good player. Um, if she comes back, I'm sure she would do pretty well. Uh, so, I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, somebody who's not going to come back. Queen you don't Wendy. think? Aw. I don't think Wendy. so. What a weird character. Like, should not have made it this far. Is somehow only the last person to go before Merge. Kind of went in a very quiet fashion. Like, 
These were not typical Wendy episodes. No. Like. Um, I just felt like she kind of like. She just got like. Not disheartened. Well, maybe disheartened is the word. Just like. She knew she was in such a bad spot. Like she wasn't. Thinking straight or like putting her all into the game. And Mm -hmm. so like when she went, she was like, I'm fine with it. Like, cool. And, like, I think you can't tear Wendy down, you know? Like, she's going to be yeah. happy. Happy no matter what. Um, yeah. I think Wendy probably thought she was on first boot watch, and the fact that she lived so many tribals is... She's happy about that, probably. Yeah. Um, and she got called Big Wendy, and, like, whatever. She made my heart flutter. Um, <laughs> I think there's a 0% chance she comes back. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I think she's with Keith. Weirdly. But yeah, it's not a big chance. Like, I just kind of want it more than anything else, I think. It would be awesome. Like, I, I'm here rooting yeah. for it. Um, and like, okay, there's so many weird things. Like, her, like, why was her ankle being fucked shown? Just like, I guess, <laughs> doubt or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess just show just how... Like a snowball of how it's the J, J, uh, Jatia thing, right? Like, um, of like, look, she has th- these problems, but look, this other problem, this other problem. Um, so I guess mm-hmm. that's what it is. Um, I doubt she'll leave Edge of Extinction. I feel like she's probably there for the whole time. Yeah, I think so. And we'll get like, I'm sure they'll release chickens or something on Edge of Extinction. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Um, they'll do, they'll have fun with her while she's still there, but I think she's, she'll just be a character. Yeah, and a good character. Like, mm-hmm. like I guess I could see her. Before. I don't know. I could see her quitting. Um, but I, I feel know. like if if she quit, she would get like less content. I think. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like with, she'll be there the whole time. With how she like left, like that was amazing. Where she like read the sign, read one half of it, and was like, nope, that's not the option for me. Yeah. That was pretty, that was pretty cute. But yeah, I don't, I don't see her leaving, so. Yeah, I think I agree, because like, I don't know, like, she did get positive content, like, the whole time, like, despite being Wendy, like, yeah. I I would say, without say, like, obviously, Aubrey's not quitting. Like. Yeah. See, that's the thing, like, not enough of these people are going to quit. And so here we go. 18 or 15 person jury. Everyone except Aurora. <laughs> yep. I, I think I might honestly be forecasting that. Maybe Reem like drops out soon. I don't know. But I think Aurora's made it to merge. So even if she quits, she's still on the jury. I think. I don't know. So. we. Yeah. I, I don't know if we actually know how that works, but whatever. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> So here we have our bets. Uh, I'm gonna bet that Rick comes back for this one. Uh, yeah, I think Rick is gonna come back here. I'm curious to see the challenge in which he does it with his amazing dad bod. But I'm well, here for I'm it. pretty sure it's gonna be that. Um, you know the uh, like Francesca's. Uh, yeah, the Redemption Island, Island one. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. That's what I think it's going to be like with the grate and you attach the pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's like the stick with the keys. Um, that's what I th- like. Like what else would it be that you tie rods together? 
Yeah. Um, that's why it feels like I, I feel like Rick can win that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. My second would be Aubrey or Chris. Yeah, I would do Rick, Aubrey, Chris. And then I think that's a pretty big drop off after. Yeah, that. I would not consider anyone else. Yep. Um. So who's gonna leave in the next episode? And actually, uh, do you think that the returnee will get some sort of immunity or something? I don't think so. I mean, I predict they'll be immune the first round. Nah, I don't think so. Hmm. We'll see. Like, it didn't happen with Redemption Island, so that's true. Um, it did happen for the Outcasts, though, didn't it? Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think it makes sense, but yeah, it, I mean, I think it's a good thing to do game structure. But when is Survivor written a smart thing game structurally? Um, <laughs> who is leaving? Who is our merge boot? Uh, I think War Dog is a good pick. Uh, since you go War Dog, I'm going Aurora Dog. Aurora Dog. Yeah, I, I I really think it's gonna be one of these two. Like I I just that's who we thought was going these episodes. So. Um, I mean, if you remember our Ghost Island coverage, I believe I literally predicted Angelo would leave every single episode, um, <laughs> except for I think I did predict Chris, and that's it. So yeah, we should like. Say... Uh, go ahead. No, you go. You go. Okay, I was gonna say you did get you did win the bet about Julia getting caught. So, add another uh, coffee to the stack. Yeah, like I'm a I like I drink a lot of coffee. I actually drink <laughs> a lot of steep tea, but uh, colloquially I call it coffee. So uh, okay, um, cool. So <laughs> next up we have our winner here. I think we both agreed that Victoria is number one. Yep. Um, and I, it seems like we both have Rick number two. Yep. And then we both have Ron Clark number three. I have Joe number three. <laughs> okay. I have Joe number four and then Eric, but yeah, maybe Eric. Julie. It's hard. Yeah. Eric. And then mm, probably Julie. Um, yeah. maybe Aubrey even there. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I think, I think we're in the same ballpark. Um, there's, I think, I don't think there's a huge amount of winner contenders here. I think like a lot of these people, honestly, probably are not going to win. Well, yeah. only one of them is going to win, obviously. But <laughs> I think yep. the pool is actually way smaller than it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like a sharper like drop between the last person who's still a contender and then the first person who's not. Like, does that make sense? I, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very narrow pyramid or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, is that everything for this time? Or Sure. Okay. So, you can contact us at thewinneredit at gmail.com. Um, new episodes go up on Saturdays or Sundays. Um, this time it's a Sunday. I don't know why we say that every time, because you know that's the day you're listening to it on. But just so you know, it could sometimes be a Saturday. Um, We share it on our Survivor or our Edgic on reddit.com. Review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. Um, Sometimes we will put our notes in the SoundCloud description if you're curious as to what that is.
Um, yeah, next week we have the merge episode and the twist is revealed to everyone. It wasn't just harsh conditions all along. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I guess I wonder what these people are thinking the twist is. Um, we got like one glimpse of that like early on. Yeah. Like Eric and Joe are like, it can't just be, it's hard, right? And then. I wonder if we'll get like Joe being like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, follow me on Twitter at DannyKillsBees. Uh, I tweet angry things about Survivor uh, during the show. Other than that, I'm pr- probably not worth following. Yep, and I'm even less worth following. So, <laughs> so that's the show. Peace out. Yep. Yep, bye. And now we pray that Craig works. <laughs> <laughs>